everybody, and hello, humans. Welcome to the Not A Robot DC Comics Review Show, where we review new DC comic releases each and every week. My name's Josh, and with me, as always, is Anthony. What up, everybody? I guess you're on this week. We're everywhere you listen to podcasts, so link up to your favorite podcast platform at campsite.bio forward slash not a robot and patreon.com forward slash not a robot podcast for early and additional content. We're also on Twitter. I'm at not a robot show and Anthony is at Walt Gator 93. Give us a follow and we'll follow you on back. You can also send us in some show mail. We'll respond to it right on the show. Not a robot podcast at gmail.com and now this is the part of the introduction where we go over our twitter polls and our show mail but before we do that let's start off with the not a robot army roll call and our very first patreon is still subscribed to us thanks jim for hanging in there and uh we're doing everything we can to pad up that patreon and make you enjoy the experience and get you some company in there uh, we love to know that you guys appreciate us and every cent goes to making the show better uh, again thank you jim so much for subscribing. Oh yeah, thanks man. And everyone else for listening as well. As a member to the Patreon, you get early access to all of our weekly podcasts that we release each and every week and a bunch of the extra shows that we do um, that we create just for the Patreons. So what are you waiting for? Sign up and show us you might just be a human after all and join the Not a Robot Army. All right, so uh, we are going to move over to the Twitter polls. We had two this week. Um, the first one is, uh, I asked about uh, what we saw last week in Catwoman. Um, the thing about Father Valley, a religious figure in Gotham with the last name of Valley. Is there a connection to Azrael, a.k.a. Jean-Paul Valley, from the Holy Order of St. Dumas, and one-time Batman stand-in? Um, overwhelmingly, the response to that one was wow maybe i didn't notice that and that surprised me as many people who pick apart the the details in the comics this is one that it seems that most people skipped right by the next in line the uh choice would be that would be awesome that got 33 percent of the vote while the first one got 50 the other choice is no way just a coincidence was 17 percent but nobody chose i hope not so hopefully we do get to see some kind of a connection in there and uh that's that's i i was i'm under the impression i'm like uh i think that would be pretty awesome if, yeah. if, if that was somehow related to Azrael. the uh second excuse me the second poll that we put out there on twitter this week was what people thought bruce wayne's best possible future would be we gave you four options which is a back to normal batman the batman that's been in the books for the last few years broke batman as in the batman that we have now post joker war future state batman the one that we have seen coming forward meaning uh the dark detective style bruce wayne or should he just give it up and retire the cowl for good and most people chose back to normal batman and for me i just that doesn't sit well with me i don't want the batman that we've had for the last three years Mm. it's getting kind of stale um Everybody else seems to disagree with me on that one, but uh, 
coming in second place, or rather tying for second place, was Broke Batman and Retire the Cowl for Good. So it it seems that people are tired of the stories, but they'd rather... It almost seems as though people are tired of the stories, but rather than break into something new, they'd have the same crap that they've been eating, you know? And for me, I'm ready for the stories to move on from there. What do you think, Anthony? I mean, I vote for Retire the Cowl for Good. Like at least like a good like five years or so because we've had uh, from New 52 from Rebirth we have some great stories with Bruce as Batman I think for at least a few years or so four three five years whatever I want to see someone new take the mantle for the long haul like whether it's Dick or somebody else but I want to see someone else like having the cowl uh, see you mentioned Dick taking the cowl and I am in strong opposition to that only because i think that dick grayson as a character has evolved much much further than just being the batman replacement i think he exists as nightwing far better um as a character than he ever could uh standing in as the cowl not saying he wouldn't make a good batman i've enjoyed the times where he has stood in Mm -hmm. Greg Rons, Batman Robin. Yeah, but he, to me, Dick Grayson should be Dick Grayson. It's uh, it would be it would be a disservice to that character to stick him in the Bruce Wayne role. So who would you want for like a few years? Take the cowl as Batman. Just uh, I mean, not, um, Kendrick. If I had to pick from one of the Robins that exist right now, my choice would Anybody. probably be yeah. Tim Drake. Um, but, uh, to be perfectly honest with you, I am, I'm digging to see where they're going with this dark detective role with Bruce. And I am really interested in seeing this next Batman. Uh, the rumor is he's, uh, what are they saying? 50% chance it's a person of color. So, um, it's a lot of people are leaning towards Luke Fox. Um, some are leaning toward Tim Fox and, uh, I I okay so this is one of those crazy little details that I just so happened to pick up in w- the first issue that we're going to cover here and that's that's Batgirl 50 mm-hmm. um they just just briefly that they talk to a character who happens to share the same name as the new character on the CW Batwoman <gasps> show oh, yeah, yeah that's a debut issue I mean yeah um because they teased it, I think, last week or two weeks ago, saying, um, catch her new, um, her debut into comics. Right. Now, she's a person of color, too, and nobody's mentioned anything about what the gender of Batman would be. Mm. He's wearing a full face mask. He is completely black. Every picture that we have seen has had his wings and his cape spread out. There's no way to define a perfect chest, um, and it wouldn't have to be somebody who was amply bosomed to be a woman. <laughs> So there's absolutely no reason to think that it is definitely a guy behind that cowl. Not right now, anyway. I could be blowing things way out of proportion, but and I and I do tend to do that. <laughs> but uh, that's just uh, that's just it's one possibility. I saw a little seed possibly planted, and I was like, well, I wonder where that's gonna go. Um, <laughs> Why don't we get a different opinion? Everybody that's listening right now, we have an extra person that's joining us on the podcast, and he's going to be showing up um, as, as often as possible on our weekly releases. 
everybody i want to introduce to you reed the new member of our podcast say hello reed hello humans what's going on i'm uh, excited to be here we are excited to have you um, oh yeah it's always cool having a, a bigger group to discuss things with mm-hmm. more perspectives absolutely so um before we get started and start tearing into these uh, this opinion uh can we uh can we ask you a little bit about yourself reed Sure. Uh, I am a musician and uh, music producer out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, uh, I was uh, excited to answer your um, Reddit post and uh, get back into podcasting, which I've done some in the past, and I've done, you know, producing a podcast and things like that as well. Um, but I'm a longtime comics fan. Um, I uh, have kind of fallen off recently, and this is just a great uh, way to. Uh, jump back into things and i'm uh, excited to talk about these books today i am too we did certainly have a big bunch of books before we get to those what do you think about the conversation we were just having there uh if you had to pick somebody to fill in the shoes for batman who would you go with uh see i don't know i'm i'm kind of uh i'm kind of also of the opinion that maybe just let the character rest for a while Mm -hmm. um I think that there could be a lot of interesting story perspectives where there is a void of a Batman. Um, mm-hmm. And because you know, there's, there's so much upheaval going on right now, I think that would be a nice counterpoint and really start to spin the stories because he's such, he's such a humongous character and he, he pulls so much focus. Even if he shows up for a, a page in a book, it, that's all you're thinking about from the rest of that. And I, I would love to see... Uh, a DC and especially a Gotham that has no Batman. That would be something. Um, in fact, they're actually they're building a whole entire video game around it, if I'm not mistaken. And, oh yeah, um, the storyline to that seems pretty cool. Gotham mm-hmm. Knights is supposed to be coming out in, I believe, 2022. I thought so. And uh, you get, I mean, the story is Bruce Wayne is dead, and we've got Tim Drake. Uh, Jason Todd, Barbara Gordon, Batgirl, and Dick nice. Grayson as Nightwing coming in to fill the role. So um, th- it, th- it would be really interesting to see a, a world without Batman for... For a time. For, I mean, for, he can't for be gone a time. He can't. Well, yeah, I mean, they're just, you know, it's Batman. They're not going to keep him out forever. But maybe done in a <laughs> way where... Maybe done in a way where we're just not sure or if we're not sure... If he's going to come back to the, you know, the full capacity or the same kind of role that he had prior. Um, yeah, I think it'd be I think it'd be interesting if they kept his books alive, but just kind of went through the stories and did the things that he would normally be involved in with, you know, the rest of kind of the Bat family kind of pick up the slack. Well, all right, everybody, I think we are going to just go ahead and jump on into the comics now and start things off right away with Batgirl number 50, priced at $5.99, an oversized issue, written by Cecil Castellucci, with art by Emanuela Lapuccino, Wade Von Grawbadger, Mick Gray, Scott Hanna, Jordi Belair, Marguerite Savage, Anike, and Trish Mulvihill. Letters by Becca Carey, with the cover by Joshua Millipson. Um, that was a nice cover too. It reminded me of uh, mm-hmm. some of the older school um, spaghetti western type books, like the Louis L'Amour type age. 
yeah. uh, books where they were really well painted and um it really it really reminded me of that now you guys see that cover right there tell me that somebody wasn't fan casting sophie turner from game of thrones as batgirl yes i can see that with the face mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They, they have the this the similar vibe there but yeah that this this cover is outstanding i honestly i was like infatuated with this cover because it has that that wonderful classic look um and it took me. I I looked at it like four or five times until I before I even realized Batman is hiding out over the Joker's head, real sneaky over her shoulder. <laughs> I never even saw him hiding back there. It's perfect. This is that little outline, yeah, like Batman. It's a it is a it's a great cover, and it's not the only one that I took notice of this week, which is odd because I'm usually the kind of guy that says, "Don't pay attention to the covers; they're beautiful pieces of art, but they're lying to you about what's inside." Mm. <laughs> they're beautiful. Well, I mean, even lies. this one too, because <laughs> if you look down below, you see those three um, like the fox, the shark, and uh, what's the last one? The um, the vulture. The vulture. Yeah, like, they weren't even in this. Uh, uh, issue so it's weird to have them on the cover at first i thought are they like do a a like a homage to the past like run that the back because this is the last issue well uh, they were they were a big part of the year of the villain and the year of the villain was a big part of batgirl unfortunately so i think that that's where that probably plays into but um the uh the final giant sized issue of Batgirl is a collection of three stories that are largely Barbara Gordon fan service pieces, and I really truly think that that's pretty much the whole reason that things these these three stories were written. Um, being a Barbara Gordon fan myself, I enjoyed that part of these stories, but uh, that said, all three of them left me scratching my head a little bit. Um. Little Wonders, the first story in the book, focuses on Babs' state of mind and everything that's affecting it. The story begins with Babs and her dad sitting in a uh, diner, arguing about Batgirl and JJ, but that's only the tip of the iceberg. She is also dealing with a lot of guilt about what she did with uh, to Jason Bard as Batgirl, and her her remedy to that is to apologize to him in a costume. Um, yeah. I mean, that's that's a that's for that's for sure a choice i don't i don't i don't i don't necessarily see how it's the right choice i mean it's not gonna make her guilt go away it, it seems like this the whole that whole first story is setting up like this is gonna be a grand resolution and like like end a lot of these plot points and there's so many points where they could wrap them up and it would just be very satisfying and nice and they just kind of decide to not so it seems like it's resolution, like you said, and it's just kind of providing more questions than anything. Yeah, a, a whole lot of setup without anybody sitting at the plate. I, I don't get it. Um, but uh, we 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 get a look at who Batgirl is or who Batgirl sees herself as. Um, and this isn't the only story in the book where we see that she's got multiple roles as Batgirl. Um, she's a self-defense instructor. She's working for Congresswoman Aleo's office. Uh, she does community outreach and she does all of that while maintaining the role of Batgirl. Pretty admirable, especially considering she's doing it in Burnside, which is far from the greatest neighborhood. Um, but we also see her doing things like giving Dick the cold shoulder, insisting now that he must earn her friendship back when every interaction between them up until this point has been her offering him her shoulder 
and now she's like i don't think b would be would appreciate you talk i mean oh i've never i haven't heard a girl talk like that since i was in junior high mm-hmm. I, I don't understand this kind of an attitude from barbara gordon whatsoever and she i can't. challenge anybody to argue this point with me where where has she ever acted like a spoiled little brat before she acted a little also like, like jealousy just the way that she was at like mentioned with being all with nightwing i'm like what are you doing right now like why are you acting like a jealous friend who wants dicks you know thing? like calm down like it felt a little bit forced with how much anger that she has it, it, it came out it, of nowhere it, it, it the anger kind of came out of nowhere the whole the way that the way that they wrote her anger just did not seem to fit it seemed very out of character you're right about that it, 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 it struck me as that scene was like kind of striking as out of out of play it seemed out of place it seemed like it was written for a different character yeah exactly um maybe even for like uh <laughs> i mean a female damien that 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 that's a closer personality match. That that yeah, that seems that, and it seems at odds with her at different points in the book as well. Um, even from like you know pages before, she's it, it seems like like I said, it seems like she's um trying to like resolve a lot of the issues, and and that scene is like oh, it, it seems like she was about to and maybe decided not to at the last second. I don't know, maybe the way he was acting, I don't, I'm not sure. Neither am I. Um. The uh, the next story in the book is titled Stay Centered, and it focuses on telling the reader a tiny story with a whole humongous pile of convolution. Um, it is another Barbara Gordon fan service piece. This, this shows Barbara being taken advantage of by nearly every single superhero, always assuming that she'll be there to assist. Uh, okay. This it, it paints a picture as though Barbara slash Batgirl is featured in a lot of stories and pivotal roles, but that's really not the case with this character. Uh, she show, she shows up sometimes, but they they're painting they're writing a story painting Batgirl to be one of the Trinity, mm-hmm. or, even, or even Nightwing. And I mean, don't get me wrong, Batgirl's badass. Uh, she's been badass since she developed this Oracle persona and they gave her all of this, all of that technological savviness. Um, she's been able to help out in multiple kinds of ways, but when you take that away from her, the only thing I ever see Barbara Gordon Batgirl do is whine. And that's not what I want to see when she, when she doesn't have that cowl on, she's strong. She's in charge. People look up to her when she has that cowl on this, this stuff that they're telling us, this stuff doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it, it, at most she might call for help and be told that she's going to have to wait. <laughs> you know, well, they, they do kind of get to into that where uh she gets called for an emergency and uh, man hunter tells her no 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 supergirl should have it's cool it's cool we got this right. take take this one off I, 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 you would you go ahead and take the day off i don't <laughs> but this so- this issue this issue does really feel kind of like a cartoon though it, it doesn't seem you know it, it seems like its own little thing and for what for what it's worth i did enjoy it uh because like the art really pulled me in so much that I wasn't kind of, re- I was just flipping like to see the next page and like, what are they doing next? 
I don't know. It seemed like kind of a like a tribute kind of um, piece almost. It's like here, put up. You get like put all these people in the book and like draw it in a, like a cool style. I, I don't know. Um, um, is it? It's I, I, it's like it's like okay, guys. They they're they're taking Batgirl away from me and shoving her up on a shelf, and they're not gonna let anybody do Barbara Gordon Batgirl because they're gonna be pushing two other Batgirls. So I'm just gonna make her look as cool and badass as possible, and. You all are gonna wish that they never took it away from me. Um, it's it's like every idea that you had, like put it, like throw it all in one book, all in one I mean, book. <laughs> I think I, I think it was fun. I think it was pretty light, but like I do see what you're saying. It doesn't like kind of jive with things. It it, it really doesn't. Now the animation style in this, and in fact, all three stories I did enjoy. Um, again, it almost seems as they're going for kind of a. Uh, a Nickelodeon as Cartoon Network Kim Possible yes. style yeah. uh, of a- animation, and for Batgirl, dude, and, it, and, and for Barbara Gordon Batgirl, it definitely works. So I don't have a problem with that whatsoever. Yeah. Um. I. How about uh, how about her 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 first villain? What was the name? Um, Vi uh, Ross. <laughs> yeah. Vi like, Ross, get it? Vi Ross, virus, a natural it, it, enemy for the Oracle. But that's gonna be Batgirl who's reclaiming her identity. That's gonna be her 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 first villain. Yeah. Well, this seems like this seems like a uh, like an old the old uh, '60s show, like an episode for that, like a like a really sticky. A, a pitch, yeah. I mean, for what it's worth, I did like it, but it was over the top. It's like B movie level. When it said Viros, that was it. I just like jumped <laughs> right. up and down. You see like, the yeah, bat symbol spinning, going. Yes. Exactly. Um. It's good at the last page of the story. Um, her co- the artwork makes her costume look as if she's wearing like, like just a bra, and like it's weird because how like the back symbol is made. It also has, like looks as if the wings have like one strap above on each end. I'm like looking right. I'm like, why does it look so weird on her? I don't know why. Just this one page that I'm seeing. It could be another page too, but like the wing- the ears on the. I don't know if it's the ears or what that's on the symbol, but they extended it too much. And I swear, all I'm thinking about is, why does it look like she's like, has like black skin with a bra and her belt is her underwear? It looks, <laughs> looks like. Um, oh, I see what you're saying. Where she's standing next to the gargoyle. Yes. Yeah, they've got her suit drawn pretty, uh, pretty skin tight and they've, they've pulled the bat symbol like way <laughs> back stylist. on her chest stylistic yeah stylistic for sure um but uh again so that that's what that's the that is in essence there's no big plot development with virus it's just hey you know i've got to go take care of this villain and um again the 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 second story in the final issue of batgirl where she is batgirl no longer we have her ending the issue still wearing the mantle now, the last story, when she took off her cow in a bat um, cave, did you think for a second that's when she was going to say she stopped being Batgirl? Because for a second, when she did that, I'm like, oh, are we gonna, is this whole issue going to be the whole trans- transition from Batgirl to Oracle? That's what I was hoping for, some kind of a transition, some kind of a passing of the torch, some kind of a, a, of a, of a, of a say goodbye type oh, of coming nice. to a conclusion Mm-hmm. sort of issue where she's she's stepping down from the role and she is yeah she gives us like if we see her given to like Cass or stephanie that would have been a nice ending to this like run 
do we think that that might this might be a plan uh, like as a part of one of the other books we were talking about uh the detective uh comics was it uh uh, 1029 where with the, the whole mirror thing maybe they're saving that big reveal or that stepping down Ooh. for a like a crossover kind of event with you know with that whole mirror stuff that's going on that is of that that is a distinct possibility the batman book is going to be tied up in a couple of crossovers itself but detective not necessarily and this that is an that is an opportunity for them to handle that i hope you're right because i mean I just I feel like ignoring it for for the purpose of fan service rather than giving mm. a good story. I just I mean I appreciate it and all, but I I just think it was the wrong decision. I can see that. Well, there, being was, there were so many chances in the book where she had the opportunity to do that, and it seems like they just whiffed on it. And maybe that's I'm maybe that's why they're saving it for something bigger. Hopefully, because um, honestly, I I see it as only one two options. Either they're saving it for something bigger. Or she was just like, you know, F you, I'm not doing it. You know I mean? Uh, and I hope it's the first one. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the final story, Game Night, uh, that one had me a little confused as well. That, oh, one had, that one's got Barbara Gordon, Huntress, Orphan, Spoiler, and Black Canary all playing D&D. That's Dungeons uh-huh. and Dragons. Folks are sitting around playing a board game where they pick characters that use skills that go against their natural instincts as vigilante crime fighters. Um, I don't mind that whole. I don't mind that whole like dynamic, but I just. I and I think it would have been cool for like the premise behind a new Birds of Prey book, mm-hmm. but um, you know, to to help their training and that. I mean, it could that could have actually been a serious storyline, but this. <laughs> the conceit i think is great i think it's a great idea i think they pulled it off in a way that makes it seem like a teen titan like cartoon network spec script it, yeah it it does it definitely does have that uh that teen titans-esque um mm-hmm. and no i don't mean go but teen titans-esque cartoon kind of <laughs> feel to it mm-hmm. uh I mean, I, I can appreciate that. The story itself I, is short. It's condensed. It's sweet. Yeah. It's kind of kind of pointless, but looks cool. It, I, I like. I like. I dig the look of it. I um, I do it, dig the look of it too. Yeah. The fact that they just have they all say the lesson that they learned in in the story itself kind of like breaks the wall a little bit for me. But I mean, yeah, like I said, it's, yeah. it's nice, short, fun, sweet little uh, little tale. It, now, it I, almost kind of reminds me of, like, say, something that was written, written for the younger crowd, for, like, the 10 and yeah. Yeah. The mm-hmm. it, it, it does feel like a YA story, yeah. yeah. Maybe they're trying to get kind of, like, crossover appeal with this one, too. Like, I don't know. They need more YA titles, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Do you hear us, yeah. DC? Everybody is saying it. You need to pump that stuff out, man. Uh, I mean, especially with the success, because uh, Marvel has, like, a young uh, young uh, reader's line, and those things are, are really successful. I think DC could really benefit from that. Their mm-hmm. characters lend so well to it. I agree. If they, if, you know, if written correctly, they definitely could. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was one who I love, like, reading about the young superheroes. That's where the fun is at. That's where, like, the fun with, like, whether the school life or just hanging out with the friends, that's the best part like i always love that i would easily pick up either a teen titans book over like a just league book honestly i would love a teen titans book but if i get more like this i'll buy that in a heartbeat this has like as yeah. we said a teen titans the tv show on vibe with the birds of prey essence a little bit 
I would love to see the, if this is like a good six issue run with just these with these five. Maybe just throw in one more person. The low stakes nature of it is really kind of fun and relaxing too. Mm-hmm. Like the whole multiverse isn't going to come to an end. They're just beating up some crooks at a dock, yes. and it's it's fun. Yeah, and t- I mean, typically when it's a Birds of Prey book, we do get much more street level, less serious mm-hmm. type stories. And mm-hmm. I mean, this would be an interesting. It would be an, it would be an enjoyable team. I just I it did it 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 fell out of place. I I mean, I, it was like the story itself was fine. It just almost seemed like okay. Why are you setting this up? Or and if and if you are dropping us clues. Can you leave something a little more obvious? Because I don't know where you're going with it. Um, it could just have been completely fun, but it, is, it, it just seems, again, at, we're, we're talking about the last story and the final issue of a very beloved character, and we're, we're going to throw in something that, that doesn't mean anything. And I think that... Filler. I, I feel like it could... Yeah, it's filler, and it could have been, been filled with something that meant a little bit more. Um. This issue is probably going to be very, very, very well received by by a lot of people, and um, I just I wasn't I wasn't impressed. Uh, Barbara Gordon is written out of character a few different times, and it does absolutely nothing at all to progress the character in any way related to the dar- larger DC universe or even the changing direction of the Bat Family, of which she just so happens to be a part of. Um, for me, all three stories did. A kind of a disservice to the character and um i just it just let me down the art was great i i, I dug that um each individual story wasn't bad i just think that for the for the final issue of, of, of batgirl we should have had something that that was a little bit better yeah i could i could honestly see that i didn't realize that this was like I know that this this run was coming to an end, but like the fact that if it's this is like the send off for her, I, that yeah, they're that is... they're shelving Barbara Gordon. She won't, she will not have her own book for the foreseeable future. So, no, and that was it, it. It was a nice, fun book to to read, but yeah, yeah it was not a a series finale, as you'd say. Yeah, no, it I think definitely so. wouldn't have been. I gave this book a six out of ten. What about you guys? The first story, I didn't like it all. I thought I could like add a few little changes. It would have been better. But before we got, I was a little bit disappointed. Second story, I see that being a as you said, a tribute um, section to Batgirl. I'm like, sure, why not? But at the same time, I thought it also made the like the other Justice League people who asked for help a little bit too needy at times with how like she was seen as if she was like being overwhelmed. I didn't like that at all, but this last story, I was confused by like the premise of how it was a like, Teen Titans vibe with the birds of prey essence a little bit, and how just like, like lay back, relaxing, good time, no thinking. Time. Sure, I'm down for that. Um, I didn't love it, but I still enjoyed it for what it was. I, I give this a six out of ten. If the story was a little bit. If, I go to a five out of ten, but the art was actually I enjoyed the art for what we got. Where do we get you at with this, Reed? Well, I think I'm I'm with you both. Uh, the first story, I it, it looked really great. I kept expecting something momentous to happen, and it never did. It was kind of a letdown. I do have to give it some points though, because there was a point where 
uh, Barbara was talking to one of her constituents and um, was flipped off, and the middle finger was concealed by a falling leaf, and that tickled me to no end. <laughs> uh, that being said, the first story kind of was a letdown. <laughs> the second, the second part, I loved. I was. Uh, a, a huge fan of but i'm not very invested in the batgirl story so it was just something that looked great and w was pretty fun on um, the third story i just kind of flipped through um but overall i would say i'd give it like a solid six the art honestly the cover alone is something that i would i would spend the money to have for I six mean, bucks that cover alone is absolutely gorgeous to be honest with you you're right yeah. on that one I think that's where it is. And uh, whoever that artist is in that second book, I'm definitely going to track down some more of their work. I didn't write that down individually, and I probably should have. I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. I bet, you, I bet you Anthony's able to pull that up for us real quick. <laughs> artist is uh, Margarita Sauvage. Uh, so, um, oh, yeah, Marguerite Sauvage. Ooh, en français. <laughs> I, th I think so. I, I think so. Yeah, yeah, it's it's good. I'm I'm definitely gonna track her down. I'm gonna I'm gonna do that as soon as we're done this call and try to try to see some more of their work. Speaking of not to not to I don't mean to segue on your show, but speaking of artists that I love, I, I don't know if we're moving right on to the next one on the list. But uh, was it the uh, Action Comics? Yes, that the next, next one yes. is Action Comics. I'll give you a chance one, to talk about that. Yeah, um, one of my. Favorites ever, John Romita Jr. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He is in the exact wrong area for that kind of attitude. Oh. <laughs> Action Comics 1026, <laughs> written by Brian Michael Bendis, with art done by John Romita Jr., Reed's favorite, Klaus Johnson, and Brad Wonder. Anderson. Letters by Dave Sharp, with the cover by John Romita Jr., Klaus Johnson, and Brad Anderson. Anthony, <laughs> I'm giving you a time. Read. I do. Uh, there's there are two artists that I I I try to push through the eye of a needle every time I have to review one of their their books, man. And that's <laughs> John Romita Jr. is one of them, and the other one is Riley Rosmo. And uh, you know, I hey, can man, totally see it. He's it's a real love it or hate it kind of thing. I can totally see that. Is. I didn't know I was entering some uh, treacherous <laughs> waters, but yeah. <laughs> I was literally going to make the puking sound when we mentioned his name. I was like, oh, wait. No, I, I guess we left. Okay. Yes. Oh, conflict. Uh, the yeah. listeners love a little conflict. Man, you're a brave soul for liking that. Oh, All right. Well, Action <laughs> Comics uh, 1026 is priced at $3.99. We're going to go ahead and find out if it was worth it. Anthony, you want to walk us through that one? Well, you opened the book with a novel of a recap page. Now, Bennis, he's from Marvel, so he knows about recap page, so good for him. At times, we need that two-paragraph recap page, not this damn... There's almost 20 word bubbles connected together. It's so much. I opened this, and I was like, I want to put this away right now. I got, I got scared of opening the page and seeing that 20... That, those 20 word bubbles, okay? A book should not have a recap page this long. Yes, we need recap pages. Good for him. However, just the fact that it was this long, no, 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 no. It's a doozy for sure. It's for yeah. sure a doozy. Oh, wait till we get to Legion of Superheroes because that one. Mm. 
I mean, honestly, I'm not sure. I'm not sure which one was worse, man. To be perfectly honest, I I don't know. I I even saw uh, I saw uh, another podcast, the Weird Science DC comic mm-hmm. reviews. They were posting up the Battle of the Word Bubble, um, had and had the opening page from this and the opening page from Legion side by side. And I'm not sure who won, man, because oh man, they both are just overran with words. It's ridiculous. I thought I thought that picture that I posted was for Legion because at the time I didn't read this issue yet. So I opened it, I was like, oh crap, it was for this issue. Okay, let's get <laughs> down with this business. It does seem like a goof. I will say it does for sure seem like a goof. Oh, maybe it is. Because... I was I was wait I was waiting for the joke and it never happened. It it, it it never does. It's just like, hey man, there's gonna be a lot of words on this page, but don't worry, there's gonna be a lot of words on all the rest of them too. <laughs> well, unfortunately, for his recap, he gives out way too much that, like, no, 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 listen, if you give that this many war bubbles, at least make it be, like, efficient enough. But if you can take some of those war bubbles away and still do the same amount of, like, information to the reader, then, yes, do that instead. Because Anthony, 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 yes. are you telling me that you find – are you – I can't believe this. You're trying to tell me that Brainiac seeing a toilet is unnecessary information, and that doesn't need to be part of an in- of a recap on the first page. Listen, why are you telling me? Why in this issue does he seem like a damn fanboy? But yet in the Legion book, written by the same writer, he doesn't sound as annoying. And I was like, oh my god, this is amazing! Let's do this. It's a giant globe. I want to hug it. Take I saw a toilet and I hugged the Daily Planet. I was like, I don't know why does this sound like two different? Because this book, he's, in my opinion, this book, he's ruined Brainiac 5. I he kind of has. I'm with you on that one, man. Um, it's, it is odd because if you compare the two, just using the same two characters, Brainiac mm-hmm. and John Kent, Brainiac coming back to the future, coming back to the past, and he's going total fanboy. John goes to the future and he goes, oh, wow. Okay, there's a video for me to learn all this stuff. All right, don't worry, I'll get around to it. For the meantime, um, can somebody show me where the bathroom is? I mean, <laughs> the, the the attitudes between the two of them. And you would think that John going to the future would be much more fanboyish, like oh my goshness, than mm-hmm. than, than a twelfth level intellect coming back to the twenty first century. It just is like the way that he's written him is like. Why is in this book alone does he sound like an immature little fanboy? But yet in the Legion book, no, he sounds like a sophisticated, um, know it all who is just funny at times that I enjoyed in the 2010 run. Feels like the same character. This book, not so much. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, why are you acting like this? What purpose do you have? You have no purpose at all. Which this issue alone shows it. He doesn't want to do anything at all in this issue because one thing Bendis loves to do, have big old splash pages. And unfortunately, that makes the 22 pages from what we're getting down to, I believe this issue, we got about 14 pages of, no wait, 13 pages of actual um, dialogue and narration. I know. It's like, I read this like, Okay, this is a quick one, I guess. Because all it does, we see a big fight scene. Superman runs off. They shrink the bad guy. 
which was a no, no, it wasn't just little, it was a big anticlimactic. I'm like, really? That's all we do to him? He better show up again to do something because you build him up for two, maybe three, two, I think two issues, build him up to do nothing at all. That was the disappointment. We see um, Superman He's running off to Red Cloud and we're like, oh no. And we end like, what? Why are we saying, oh no? Nothing happens. And then with Lowell Slane, Last issue ended with everyone with Leon saying that Lois Lane is not from this earth. Big moment. We find nothing about this at all in this issue. It just goes back and forth. You are an imposter. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. And she gets arrested. So Why does she get arrested? Another recap. She Bendis should get arrested for the recaps. He rushed on. No, you gotta. Well, okay. So as, as far as the as far as the big bad of this episode goes, he loves punches apparently, and he is allergic to eye beams. That's yes, the two right. big takeaways. <laughs> I didn't yes. even. I thought I thought my my comic my like book was missing a page because your girl hits her with a big old eye beam and he flies into a construction site and then he's a little BB and I don't I have no idea was it just because. Hmm? Like how did this, I'm like I'm guessing because she didn't hit him with his fist that was enough the the blow was powerful enough to shrink him but I, I yeah it's just all of a sudden he's a little baby and uh, then Brainiac comes in for the win and puts him in a sphere oh um, yeah, out of nowhere I do, I, there's the there's the panel there with Connor that's got that shrink ray gun that they used on the Candor Club from before but um. So, I mean, there was a shrink ray gun that was used, but you would have thought that before flying into somebody that you know is capable of sucking every ounce of life out of you, maybe you ought to hit him with the tiny maker gun beforehand. Yeah, it's it, it's just, it was very unclear as to like yeah that that whole setup and yeah he hits he tells you that he he eats Superman and then you Superman continue to punch him yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, pop, pop. with 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 yeah. his um uh with his uh super blasted uh heat vision fist. Oh my goodness! What the hell was that? that he says I'm going fun. to weld my bones and then I'm gonna punch you. He's protected by oh. fire. What the? What is the? He heated up his fist and did like it was like a Street Fighter move. He used his heat vision <laughs> on his <laughs> fist <laughs> and then punched him. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Punches don't work. Heat vision doesn't work. What about heat vision punches? Right. I mean, I mean, I'm not the greatest at math, but we'll start at addition, right? Sure. Why not? <laughs> well, okay. When Connor even said that that the villain has been candid, I think that's a little bit disrespectful to candor itself. Like, okay, listen, candor was shrunk and was destroyed. Okay, you don't just name like you've been candid. That's almost as bad as if – now, again, for listeners, I'm saying how bad this is, so no, repeat this. That's as bad as if we have a bombing and saying, you've been 9-11. Like, no, no, no. You don't say that. Kind of don't say you've been candor because to me, that's a little bit disrespectful because candor they suffered a lot. From what I understand, this will not be the first time that – or the last time, excuse me, this will not be the last time – that we run into a problem with with a Superboy and a bottled city. Oh, at least Bendis isn't behind have that. You, have, have, you, uh, have you heard about that? I have, and I don't like this heel tone that they're giving to John. To me, this seems like a big heel tone. 
is it a heel turn? I guess we're going to have to wait and find I'm, out, but it almost seems as though, so if Reed, if you're not familiar with it, we're talking about the solicitations for future state and what they're going to be doing with Superman. Um, mm. uh, the current Superman, Clark Kent's going to head on over to war world and his son, John Kent is going to come back to the future and be the new Superman. However, okay. uh, the only thing that we know is that he's going to have a hell of a time doing it. And, uh, there's going to be an attack and in order to save the city of Metropolis, he shrinks it and puts it in a bottle. What? Wait, what? <laughs> yep. so he, shr- uh, he shrinks the city, takes the city away. Then I... Superman, I thought, see, Superman goes brainiac. I thought that you guys... I thought when you were talking about Bottle City that this was like a comic trope. Like that you like stuck in a city. Like Dark Knight Rises style. Like... Arkham City style, but no, you're talking about putting a city inside of making tiny and putting it inside of a bottle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just like yeah, uh-huh. like Brainiac, and it's 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 uh-huh. at, he's that's 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 all the information that we're given, and it's Good. just not like John Kent. So I'm I'm really curious as to what kind of story takes us there. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think I've detoured this 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 book long enough. Where are we at <laughs> as far as that goes, Anthony? Okay. This will be interesting. It will uh, be, with so. basically with the taking that with shrinking the villain with the vet cloud out of nowhere, just like making Superman fall to the death. Well, fall. We don't know what happens when he does fall. Um, but everyone is just all worried, and it ends with saying that Lois, you've been arrested with no. What doesn't even tell us why? Doesn't it, like how did we get from her just oh, a, like what? Leon is just saying that she's an imposter and like, okay, sure, why not? You've been arrested. Wait, what? What's happening? Miss a few pages because this is a good two out of ten and that's all because I felt good that day to give him a good score. Yes, to him, that's a, that's a good score. Oh, man, I'm telling you. Um, all right, so uh, I'm going to go ahead and fill in on my little piece here, of course. Um, you guys know how I feel about Ramita. Junior, who um, <laughs> who had the gall to get on the 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 internet the other day and say that he was just as good as his dad, and that was absurd. But in any oh, case, yeah. in any case, in any case, um, the story itself, I mean, it's 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 more of the same crap. Um, I do feel like at least there was a little bit of story going on there, but it just it, none of it made any sense. Everything was like, hey, guess what? Everything's gonna work out at just the last second and off panel. Um, which to me is just more the same regurgitated crap that we've had since he started writing on this stuff. Um, uh, this is the only book in which we have to see John Kent wearing shoulder pads and gauntlets. And I do believe that the sole reason for that is so that we can tell the difference between him and his dad. Um, other than that, uh, we, we see Leon marching into the daily planet and and she's she's a wanted criminal but nobody's putting cuffs on cuffs on her they're there mm-hmm. raiding the daily planet because they want to arrest her and find her meanwhile she walks in and says i want lois lane arrested enough times to where they finally do which is a bunch of crap um i'm i'm right there with you uh um i'm i'm giving it an extra point from what you did just because they weren't dumb enough to kill off connor kent so I'm gonna I'm gonna let this one have a three out of ten. 
Mm. I have a feeling Reed is a little bit more favorable, but we'll see. What do you think? <laughs> uh, well, okay, so I I do like I do like Romina Junior. I think um, I I just find his style really interesting because it's so just like it's it's its own thing and it's so weird when you like when people put him in charge of big books. Um, I because I really love one of my favorite. Uh, he did a run of uh, Captain America on Planet X or something like that, mm-hmm. and it just looks so like stupid and crazy. I love it. So it, it, that's... it is immediate, like Raleigh Rosmo. It is immediately identifiable mm-hmm. by the eye. He just does his his own thing, and it's I I enjoy it. I think it's fun. Um, as far as the book goes, though, like you said, there's not a lot here. the The fight was just like big explosions. Um, Heat Fist was good. Uh, I will give this a an uptick in points because there's a point in the Daily Planet where um, uh, Jimmy Olsen uh, is referring to uh, what's her name, um, the lady with the yellow lipstick. I'm sorry, I'm forgetting her name right now. Uh, who is trying Leon's? to arrest Leon? Yes, yes, and he says, uh, "You, you are unpleasant." And that is like the sickest burn that my dude could muster is that you yeah. you are unpleasant. So um, I, I think I'll give this one – I'll give it a five. I give it a solid just five. No. I like the look of it. I think it was fun. The little BB was fine uh, and kind of stupid, but it, I, it, kept me, it kept me flipping because it was outrageous. I'll say that. Uh, you know, I mean, ultimately, as long as the book is able to reach out and grab somebody and make them keep reading – then it's done its job, um, so I can't, I can't, I can't argue with you as far as your rating goes because of the reason you gave behind it. <laughs> <laughs> no matter how badly I want to. All right. <laughs> this all is right. something you, all you humans out there, will learn. I'm a little stinker. <laughs> all right, that's what we needed on the podcast. All right, so we're gonna go ahead and move on to Detective <laughs> Comics number ten twenty nine. We all got a little bit of a whiff. Priced at $3.99, written by Peter J. Tomasi with art by Kenneth Rockefeller and Daniel Brown. There's another art- artist that you can almost recognize solely by the style as Rockefeller. Uh, I've always liked his stuff. Letters by Rob Lee and the cover by Rockefeller as well. Uh, Detective 1029 links together a couple of things for us, and I really do appreciate that. Detective, the detective mm-hmm. title is... is, is um, well looked after in Tomasi's hands, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, the, sto- the story deals with the introduction of a new mask in Gotham, a person by the name of the Mirror. Though they mer- though they wear a mask as well, they say it is to simply reflect back to Gotham what is going on around them. The movement to remove the masks from Gotham should be centered around more than just one face, the Mirror says. Between the Mirror and the efforts of mayoral candidate Nakano, Coupled with the effects of the Joker War, the citizens of Gotham are done with masked vigilantes, and they are being called out to ask against, act out against them by force from the mirror and by voting from Nakano. Uh, while all of this is going on, Bruce is trying to keep step with his new life and actually using Bruce Wayne to influence rather than Batman, and I like seeing that. We don't always have to have them throwing on the cowl. Um, over in Tynan's run, uh, seeing Batman in outfit during the daytime threw me off. And here we, we, we see him employing, you know, things that make sense. Be Bruce Wayne when you can be, right? Uh, so trouble breaks out while he's there as Bruce Wayne. And he calls for Nightwing, Nightwing to come help rather than something happening so that he can take care of it himself. And I appreciate that, too. Um, 
it, it, it is, it's already beginning to be more of a bat family kind of, of, of deal there. You know, he, I feel like two years ago, if this book would have been written, um, there would have been some kind of a smoke grenade or a small distraction and, and Bruce Wayne would have disappeared and Batman would have appeared and, and it would have been all wrapped up and we're getting away from that kind of shit. And I really like seeing that man. Um, it's my favorite part of the story. Um, it's my favorite part of the story that he calls for Nightwing. Um, I'm really interested to see them do something so different in a completely new landscape with the Bat family. There's no unlimited funds. The citizens are attacking them and, and trying to stop them. The cops are after them. And all of this is going on while they're trying to help with upcoming threats like Clown Hunter, Ghostmaker, and more. Um, whoever, especially like uh, whoever this mirror character is. Who I, I wonder, I can't help but wonder if the mirror character might not be Nakano. I think it's for sure Nakano. I don't know if that's a red herring, but that is exactly where that was a, where I went straight away. That's 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 what I'm thinking, man. So the issue closes with Bruce realizing that someone has been in the cave. In fact, someone has broken in and replaced the black case book that Batman just got back from the Joker with an empty one. Bruce knows that there's only one person who knew about the case book, where it was hidden, and how to get it, and that is Damien. So what is the extremely dangerous newly ex-Robin up to? I don't think you could ever be disappointed with Rockford's Batman art in, in this issue. And, um, and this time, it's certainly no exception. It's really super good. Tomasi's story is done as well. Uh, they're, they're tying in Damien, and I really didn't think we would get that this quickly. I thought mm -hmm. that was going to be something we would have to wait until after Future State to find out. Um, so I'm, I'm seeing things that I absolutely love that I was hoping for. My fingers were crossed for them and they're giving them to me. Um, this, this wasn't an over the top, amazing issue. It was just done incredibly well. And because of that, I'm giving it an eight out of 10. Ooh. Hey. I like it. I what mean, did you guys like, think? definitely like, Tomasi with Detective, at first I was on the fence about um, because I wasn't fully on board with him when he first came in. But recently he's been showing me that he has what it takes, he still has it. And some things did impress me throughout this issue. I did enjoy the whole um, action scene that we got in the car. Um, mm. I did also enjoy, enjoy what the uh, whole bat wings and the ears just um, popped out and attacked the guys. Um, Shows us that Batman can still got it to be just creative as much as he can. The bad guy. From seeing that picture or the panel of all the masks on the wall, some one of them is at least going to get unmasked. Somebody. Because with having that many on it, as you said before, the whole prediction that maybe it would be Batgirl, I can see them. Be, I can see her being the one that gets unmasked. There are, there are so many masks that are up on that wall. Um, I was sitting here trying to uh, zoom in and see mm -hmm. if you could see which what the names are, but you can't. Um, I think they have names. Yeah, um, I see Batman. I think Signal. I think that's Black Lightning, Katana, Nightwing, Jason, Batgirl, and the other three. No, or the other four. 
no clue who they ignore. All right, so my, my I'm guessing we've got Black Lightning Katana, mm-hmm. Huntress Red Hood, uh, The Signal, uh, Robin, Batwoman, Batman, Batwing, Nightwing, and then the two that are on the bottom are Hawk and Dove. But the solid black mask, I don't know who that is. Wait, what about the one all the way to the right, the red one? The the red one that's got the, the mouth piece cut out? Yeah. That, that is Hawk. And the one to the right oh, of that is? is Dove. Yeah, that's to me. Tell me, I mean, look at him. Doesn't that look like Hawk and Dove? That does to me. Uh, I didn't think he had a one that looked like that. I did not read his um, their new 52 run, so maybe they changed the costumes a bit. Well, I mean, it, it does look, it's Black Lightning's goggles too, but I'm wondering, I guess that would be Orphan over on the other side. Uh, well, let's if see that's if the flip. case, if that's Black Lightning, then who are the other two? Well, oh, we get... that's, that's Orphan. And then well, the these tiny... are Hawk and Dove right now. Do no, you, yeah. um... no, that's not Hawk and Dove. You're right. Yeah, so I don't know who that is. Um, that's Black Lightning, the little tiny one. I'm assuming is Damien. I well, just, Grifter. Grifter's got a a black uh, like cloth mask. Oh, is it black? Oh, I, I can't figure out who the red the red one is. I've got everybody <laughs> but the red one. Maybe it's new characters. A new character that will be introduced into. Mm, perhaps. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Mask Hunter. <laughs> with, with 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 Tynan in control of the Batman franchise right now, that's exactly the kind of name that you can expect to come out of there. <laughs> nice, it's a deep cuts. All right, <laughs> you um, love to see it. Where did we get a rating from you on that one, Reed? I go. Yeah, yeah, we didn't get a uh, number from anything either. Yeah, um, I give this a. <sighs> 8.5 out of 10, because I'm very intrigued to read onto it. Um, definitely this one and Batman book right now are like, really, this is my go-to my Batman niche, niche in because I'm really enjoying what we're getting from it, whether it's a full-on detective story, as we got last issue, or just a full-on like story in general, because this villain, it's a new villain, which I always love seeing a new character, whether it's a new hero or a new villain, it adds more to the, um, just overall, it's something new for the reader to learn. It's not the same old villain. Like it's not the Penguin, the Riddler, Bane, the Joker. As long as it's done right, because again, hmm. I mean, I hate to refer to um, action comics and Bendis when I don't need to, but Bendis has a habit of turning out bad guys over and over and over again, and they're not being a big deal. Uh, this parasite, ultra parasite guy, Sinmar. I mean, um. Uh, the the uh the big huge god I'm forgetting what his name was the one that Superman and Doctor Fate uh, Doctor Fate had to team up for I can't remember what that one was called but he's been he's been slinging out bad guys like crazy and and we're not really getting anything if at all out of it so um new characters are cool just make sure that they're worth our time reading you did a good job with Punchline um you know you made that something that the fans could get into. Uh, this this mirror guy we have yet to see, but uh, we'll we'll have to wait and and see how it plays out, man. Uh, I'm with you. I do like new stuff. I new I do like fresh stuff, but make sure it's handled correctly. You know. 
All right. I guess that is it as far or no, Reed still has to give us our score now. Oh yeah, yeah. No, no, it's I'll be quick here. I just have a couple of things. I, I did like the, the art in this is really cool. Um every panel is great. Agreed. Um when he, he Batman uh, takes on a uh, car full of, of people taking a, a bank manager hostage, uh gets in the car and starts driving the the characters that are in the back seat are great. They have like these dialogues and say, like, Oh my god, he's driving the car. So it's awesome, and, dude. And, I, I yeah, laughed. One, I laughed out loud at that. That was great. My favorite line in the book was when uh one of the guys said, Oh, oh god, he's tilting the seat back. So he Batman tilts the seat back and then shoots the points off his cowl into the bad guys. Which then later, after they're being arrested, you see him pulling out of them and putting back on his head, yeah, which saying, I thought was a great touch. Says something to the effect of "Excuse me, those are mine." <laughs> yeah, yeah, these are mine. Now, when I saw when I saw the the ears shoot off, mm-hmm. I kind of mm-hmm. had a little chuckle, but mostly an eye roll when he yeah. got them back. Oh shit! That's it was it, it was done, dude. I'm a hook, line, and sinker. That was hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> it was the, that was just the setup for that that bigger joke. Because yeah, it was it is like oh come on, that's pretty stupid. And then he takes them back. I'm like oh yes, yes, please, thank you. <laughs> um, that and um, the when Damien steals the book, but, um, Batman knows that someone has been in his chair because he always leaves it at four o'clock, which that's is nice. something. So incredibly Batman. Like, you are just as crazy as the people that you fight. Like, you're doing the same stuff. Like, you're just as out there as you should be in the asylum, too. But, like, you're just Batman. <laughs> that, was, that was, like, a great touch. I, I love that I'm so gonna, much. I'm going to take this. I'm going to take a minute here to, to touch upon uh, something that Reed just br- brought out. And it's something that the guys here, we have come together and we decided that one of the Patreon episodes that we're going to start pushing out um, we're looking at doing one a month and we're going to get into some character deep dives where we start looking at um, character history, the kind of personalities, their psychology, what drives them, where we want to see them go, that kind of stuff and what really what it really means to be specific characters. And of course, I do believe that Batman is going to end up being one of our very first ones just because that's probably one of the funnest ones to get into why well because if you really get into it he is just as crazy as those that he tries to protect the city from oh yeah nice segue very very nice segue i'm loving it (laughs) work with some work with some pros over here and not a robot army baby (laughs) all right (laughs) and with that we are gonna go ahead and skip on to the next issue that we are covering and that is going to be um justice league dark number 27 and that is written by ram v art by amanke Walpen and june chung with letters by rob lee and the cover was done by yannick paquette and nathan fairbairn the price was 3.99 anthony you want to walk us through justice league dark for us you got no before it begins you first off saying this was my first issue of being jld since issue 16 i believe after that issue, I was like, you know what? I'm stoned this. I have other books to read. <laughs> I'm not interested in this all whatsoever. So going to this, I was like, oh, man. Hopefully I know what's happening because I'm going to be lost as can be. But thankfully, this is a part one issue. 
<laughs> how it opens you know, up. Just, just so you know, you are not alone. A lot of people jumped off of JOD right around the same time. Oh, that's a relief. The story since Ram V has taken over has really come back, and I think it's done. Oh, good. yeah. I can't wait to hear mm-hmm. what you got to say about it. Well, opening up and all, I, I, as I said, this is a part one, but opening up, I was like, wait, is this for part one? Because I, I was a little bit lost, a little bit. Because like, I see, you know, John, he's like basically dead, oh, dying. I see Upside Down Man, which I'm like, oh, yeah, cool, sweet. I was dealing with that, like, you know, when I first started reading the book on issue one, you know, issue 16 even. So he's still here. Um, yeah. Which makes me wonder how much already happened because, again, later on we get, because um, one, one, one woman, she um, contacts Circus and I went, of course, I said I stopped at issue 16, so that means I read The Wishing Hour. So I know all about her being in there and the power that she gave to Diana, which mm-hmm. that was pretty cool to see. Uh, um, yeah, next- dude. That, I'm telling you, when, when we get to see Wonder Woman, like Witching Hour Wonder Woman, I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know what it is about it, dude. I just look at it and I go, wow, that looks so badass. Like her super cool. sense, I am, basically. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Yeah, because that next page we get a nice page of each of the heroes, like just how they will be, like if you're playing a video game and how they'll come up on the loading screen. Because you have like just a <laughs> uh, man bat in the air with his wings. You got Zantana as like a fighting <laughs> pose. I'm like, if I know better, I'm playing a video game three on three, and that's how they are on, which like the whole battle scene, like before right. the game happens. Like, holy cool to, um, crap, this is an amazing expansion pack for Injustice, right? <laughs> exactly, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we get Diana, she's battling Upside Down Man, which I was excited to see because they hyped this guy up before the book even came out. So I was like, you know, he better be worth the hype. When I first read this book and from all those issues ago, I was a little bit of a I'm like, you know what? Where can I, when can I actually see him being amazing? Finally, I see this battle scene, and I was not let down because we do show we do see how badass he is, how much he can take a punch, how much he can deliver a punch. Because even Super Saiyan one woman cannot take him down. Nope. Instead, we actually get um Doctor Fate, who I do know about this new Doctor Fate. Which I kind of do like how they did move him because I love the Earth 2 that we got in New, in New 52. So glad to see like this Earth's version of that guy. Um, unfortunately, that doesn't work. So Swamp Thing, which when I first read the book and all, um, I thought he was dying. So to see him still in the book, I was a little bit shocked. Did he like survive somehow still? Because I thought... Uh, through a bit ago, of... Through a bit of sacrifice, he did. He was reduced down to nothing, and through a whole lot of sacrifice and a little bit of deal making, our boy John Constantine was able to bring Swamp Thing back to life. You, you got you. Oh my god! Because that, he was actually—I'm not too familiar with Swamp Thing, so just seeing him in the book, I was right to say, "Oh, of course, it's my first actually legit time with Swamp Thing." Um, he doesn't take him down. So what does happen is Santana. Now, Zantana, I've been enjoying Zantana. She was one of my favorite parts of the book when I first read it. I was not a fan of the book with too much of the narration, too many narration boxes. But I still enjoyed her and all. She's one of my favorite characters in DC. Not like, you know, I'm not like an expert on her, but I still enjoy when I do see her slash read her. Um, 
So what we do see from her is she does something that makes you feel as if of a dark-ish vibe that you see only in like one of the horror films, which I'm glad to see that because this is called Justice League Dark. I actually get a little bit like, ooh, man, that's um, that's a little, little, that's a little spooky, scary. Mm-hmm. a little gruesome, yeah. And that is, as well, it's that time of the year. It's Halloween coming up, so I am glad to see that last page because, man, if once you read this issue, that last page will give you like, what the. I want to be more. Mm-hmm. I, Wa- I, oh, Watching was... Upside Down Man turn right side up in that very last second before you get the full reveal of like the thing Upside Down Man Zatanna. That is that's so effective. That that like you said, the art on that is like so. It takes you. Uh, it's like such a shock to see how like like mm-hmm. you said dark it actually is. And I thought that was that was like one of the, uh, the great best reveals. I've seen in a while. It almost oh. reminds me the style, the way that those panels progress, almost um, like Jason Fabics, like the art that you see in Three Joker, mm. um, uh, where he goes panel by panel just to show a, a little, little bit. different <laughs> bit of mom- a movement or a slight change of facial expression to, to show you exactly what's going on here. And I'm with you guys. It, it was the exact same thing. Somehow over the course of, um, I was like, Wait, she's going to do what? Oh, gross! She's going. Oh no, she's. <laughs> I, was, I I like I. It was like watching a car accident in slow motion, but it pulled me <laughs> in so hard. I well, I really love the development of it too because they talk so much. Like the whole comic, the the theme kind of of this issue is. Uh, the cost of magic mm-hmm. and then the, the final realization when she realizes what she has to do is you know bring that cost to both of them and i like that that has got me so excited it it really harkens back to the old like 90s vertigo where it really does i, I love i love the magic side of dc but it seems like it was it used to be so raw and visceral and then it kind of got dumbed down and it's fine because we're getting more. And then justice Lee's dark came out and it, this, this kind of stuff makes me very hopeful for, you know, especially part two to see that we're getting, we're getting, we're getting weird again, guys. We're getting weird. Exactly. And I really, um, James, James Tynan, he, he doesn't have a problem with, uh, the, um, he doesn't have a problem writing the, 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 uh, mystical horror style, uh, mystical horror style type of comic book, but mm-hmm. he does have an issue with uh, kind of kind of losing track of where he's going and just kind of working in a million different details, and that is what made so many people fall off of Justice League Dark. Ram mm-hmm. V has whittled that back down. Um, during the crossover, I think it helped. Uh, not crossover, but during the changeover, I think it helped out a lot that the two of them were writing together to make sure that the transition went smoothly. And I I absolutely love what Ram V has done with it. We've seen all kinds of things, uh, the gruesome stuff like, well, I mean, using two different examples with Zatanna and we see what we see here, this amalgam of the upside down man with Z. And then the other things where we've seen where Z had her her, her neck slit um it goes in some gritty places it goes dark places and it is good to see books like this back under dc's helm yeah featuring characters that we know and love Mm -hmm. 
consequence. I love it. Indeed. Uh, I don't know about you guys. I enjoyed this. I like seeing where it's going to go. And um, the art was amazing. The background uh, on this last splash page, I know that Zatanna and the Upside Down Man merged in this funky, grotesque way is definitely a stellar piece of the artwork. But just as, as important to me is the background. I think that is so gorgeous. And um, I'm going to give this a 7.5 out of 10. Definitely my last time being just League Dog now. All those issues, I was like, no, I, finally I get down the issue. I don't want to read this, another book until the next one comes out. Don't want to think about this because they're liking them all. After reading this issue, I'm like, I cannot wait until the next one. Like, Varian V, he definitely made me excited to be reading Just, just League Dog. I have this an 8.5 out of 10 because, as we said, the art was great. It gives me the dark essence vibe, which it should. It's called Just League Dark, after all. Um, the action, it was great. We do we see a little bit from everybody on the team. It was definitely a book that everybody should check out this week. A great book. I agree. Any kind of book that can pull somebody back into a book that was thrown off of the book i mean that just shows the power of a good creative team what did you give it right read uh i'm i'm right along with you guys i think um th this is really my wheelhouse this is um I'm, like i said i'm an old vertigo fan um i love hellblazer and sandman and all that kind of stuff so i love to see justice dark um i'll read anything with these characters but this is a great departure because i did i was reading um this as well and i was interested and i kind of got a little bit bored as well like uh like you're saying um, but this this book really grabbed me. The art is great. The display of power is, is like it's at times it's hard to illustrate magic and to show what mm -hmm. is happening. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's just people with circles around their fingers and it's really boring and doesn't understand. It, it doesn't propel action. All of this magic feels like visceral and high, very high energy. Um, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm with you on there because it, it, it does it does and honestly this is one of the biggest problems that I have with the Doctor Strange book who is my f second favorite Marvel Comics character is that mm -hmm. I'll, every time they use magic it just looks flat and it, yeah. it, it doesn't look it's like oh, it was, you guys stole an idea from Tron we have laser disc shields and I mean and, and, and that's all anything yes. is and it does it gets boring and they, they did such a great job in, in preventing that kind of interpretation from what we see it, it, yeah. it does it conveys it conveys action well and it, it does a, a good job of, of, of showing how high energy and uh, important that this battle is it really shows the true scale. I mean, you've got a, a multiple kamikazes. So Swamp Thing blows himself up and becomes like a forest, I guess. And then... Yeah, he sacrificed um, himself to change the, the, the reality of the world. Yeah, and it's really clever. It's like such a... The, the magic itself makes so much sense, too. It's a very Constantine plot. Like, they go mm -hmm. to his dimension to then rewrite it so that it has to follow everybody else's rules. Uh, honestly, I'm I'm a sucker for Justice League Dark and DC Magic, so this is 9 out of 10 for me. Uh, I can't I can't follow you <laughs> that, man. Good stuff. Um, and I don't know if... Uh, I'm, uh, I, I keep on taking little side trips here. Um, hmm. We have not reviewed any of the titles on the podcast, but I have read a vast majority of them. And if you hadn't have if you have not had a chance to go and read any of the Hill House titles, especially Basketful of Heads and Plunge, 
They are released underneath DC, and you really need to check them out. They are horror mm-hmm. books, and um, they're written by Joe Hill. I don't know if oh, you yeah. know who Joe Hill is or not, but that is actually um, – he doesn't publicize it a whole bunch, but that is actually Stephen King's kid. Yes, indeed. Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm actually a Joe Hill fan. Uh, I've read a lot of his stuff. I, I'm a big Stephen King head as well, too. So, uh, yeah, him uh, – how about uh, – I'm interested to check that out. I was, I was a fan of Lock and Key as well. Lock and um, Key is so nice. awesome. <laughs> another uh, joe hill there um but yeah i'm i'm actually i just I, you said that i wrote it down here i'm, I'm gonna check that out when we're offline <laughs> yeah absolutely the 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 imprint that they release them underneath is hill house and then the two that i definitely recommend are basket full of heads and plunge um and i think that moves us on from that issue and we are gonna go ahead and move on to the next one we are talking a lot today guys so you're getting one <laughs> hell of a show for free aren't you we are at Ooh. Batman Beyond number 48 with price of $3.99, written by Dan Jurgens with art by Pell Patir, Norm Rapmond, and Chris Sotomayor. Letters by Travis Lanham and the cover by Dan Mora. So what'd you guys think about this one? Give me give me just a second. I had a three and a half foot tall interruption just walking the room. <laughs> give me a second. Okay. No problem. You good. Oh yeah, we do. There's a couple. There's a couple that go in there. <laughs> okay, well, honestly, I, my favorites. I think my favorites were up up top already. So, oh really? Yeah. I'm interested. I I kind of liked everything, but like I said, I'm such. I had to read Justice League Dark Glass because I knew um, if I read that first, I would get sidetracked and start like going back and like reading up on it. Because I'm, I'm I'm pretty sure I was where you had. I I got to like like ten or twelve issues deep maybe, and then I just it just fell off. For whatever reason, the hype it got. I was like, you know what? I, I don't see the hype, so I just stopped. I just all the other books from DC, Marvel, some old trade paperbacks that I want to do on read. I was like, I gotta cut the line at some of the books, and I did. <laughs> but yeah, thankfully, just... going in, I was like, okay, I wasn't lost. Thankfully. Yeah, I I was pretty surprised. I I kind of like I I, th- I don't know that like you said too much could have happened because I picked right up. I'm like, oh okay, yeah, this seems this seems right. I yeah. missed some stuff, but yeah, here we are, final battle. Got it. Yeah, like okay, because it's ending. I think when does it actually end? Justice League Dark. Yeah, is it ending soon? Because I know the, a lot. Of uh, books I don't are think it's. Being... I don't think Justice League Dark is ending. To my oh, knowledge, Ram V is supposed to continue continue to write continue to write it. Uh, it it is one of the books that'll go on hiatus during Future State, and we'll only have Future State gotcha. books. But then after uh, that, we should have Justice League Dark right back. Perfect. I'm into that. I can watch. I could. I could read this all day. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's switch gears and move on over to Batman number forty eight, retailing for three ninety nine. Written by Dan Jurgens, with art by Paul Pelletier, Norm Rapmond, and Chris Sotomayor. Letters done by Travis Lanham, with the cover done by Dan Mora. Alright, so this is an interesting story that harkens back to the past. Book, uh, Booster Gold showed up at the end of the last issue, and that's the premise of this story. A very long time ago, in 2020, someone planted a hypnotic suggestion in Bruce, and only today has it been activated. By what? We have no idea. We never find out. But in any case, the hypnosis makes Bruce see allies as enemies. The only way to make this right, according to Booster Gold, is to grab Terry McGinnis and head back to the past to stop the suggestion from ever being placed. 
Bruce turns the cave security systems against Terry and Booster saves him. But unfortunately, he doesn't save everyone. Um, Terry's little brother, Matt, who has been fulfilling the role of Robin for Batman Beyond, has been killed by Bruce. Against his will, Terry is taken to the past to help stop it and undo his brother's death. They go back to the moment that it happens and we meet Blank, the telepath that is responsible for Bruce's hypnosis. In the scuffle, Terry, in his Batman Beyond costume, saves a young boy from a burning house. The name of that young boy? Warren McGinnis, Terry's father. Terry doesn't get any time to process this, though, because 2020 Bruce shows up just like 2020 does and is ready to fuck shit up. Batman tells him to get away from the boy, and that's how the issue ends. Next issue, Future Shock. It seems like that summary was a little fast, but that's exactly the experience I had reading it. It flipped through it like crazy. It did. Pulled me through like like I was being let on a chain from page one to the end. I enjoyed the hell out of it. Good job, Dan Jurgens. Um, the art was awesome being painted along the painting the pictures along the way like always batman beyond doesn't disappoint um i've i've enjoyed this entire run for the most part it has had its blunders at times but this art is setting things up to go out with a bang and i'm down with that um i gave this um this is my third read through actually and i originally gave this a seven out of ten but i'm bumping that up a little bit and i'm gonna give this one a 7.5 I, I or actually shit. I'm going to give it an eight. I loved it. Even I even loved the cover um, every part of it. So yeah, eight out of 10 for me. What did you guys think on this one? Well, I thought Bruce, wasn't he? Cause then I reckon um, the father to be Bruce actually. Cause, uh, yeah, Cause I thought they like recon something where Terry is actually the biological son. Oh, I mean, I if if that's the case, then I'm not aware of it, and I'm not saying that I that I remember it perfectly. But if if that did happen, I mean, it happened a while ago, and I don't I don't remember it. Because I know that when he first got introduced, you know, um, I think halfway through, it was either later on in the TV show or it was in a, a one of the early on in the comic runs that he, he finally had that they retconned saying that Terry was indeed the biological son of Bruce. Well, big, huge distinction there, though, that if it did come from the animated series, then we can't exactly count that as canon from the comic book because they are two different mediums. But this run took a lot. Like, this, because for the first half of of this run, I feel like it didn't know whether it was its own thing or if it was part of the comic, I mean, part of the show, because many times, like, you could swear it was like basically like a tie-in um, comic. I almost took it that way, to be honest. And to me, I think that was that. I I think Dan Jurgens was was appealing to the fan base because obviously <laughs> Batman Beyond animated series is a has as a huge fan base and it's a dedicated one. And I think that the first half of this run was largely fan service, but then again, you know, just paying homage to the animated series and using those, those links to the animated series to draw people into the book. Um, again, we saw blunders. Uh, we saw missteps from, from, from trying to do that. We saw things after he let go of those reins, 
that weren't exactly perfect but i mean when you've been writing the it, when you've been writing the story for jesus um it's over 100 issues now like combined if i'm not mistaken yeah because he's he's been writing it since before um I want, well, yeah, wow. dude. I'm, I want to say that he's over a hundred issues now, uh, or he will be by the time that this is done. Oh, let's see. Yeah, I, was, he was I, was, pu- I was just thinking about that here not too long ago. What were you saying? Yeah, because he um, when Future and all doing that, he was on that run as well, and that had at least sixteen issues right there. Maybe he was on the run- way back yeah, on Future's be- end. Yeah, he yeah, so could be. I think he, I think he's got over a hundred issues, and when you've got a span of that many issues, you're gonna have a couple ones that don't exactly stand up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I can't hate on that too much. Um, it it wasn't like Joshua Williamson's run in the Flash. No offense, Williamson. I I think you are an awesome creator on every single character you do. Really, I do, except for him. <laughs> I just. There were so many plot points that were introduced and nothing got wrapped up at the end of it, you know, and that's just not, that's not okay with me. Um, that's, that's just an, another example of a hundred issue run or Tom King's 80 issue run where the exact same thing happened. Sometimes I wonder if they're not the same person and that's like not Tom King's I'm not in the CIA alias. <laughs> um, but in any case, uh, as far as Batman Beyond goes, I think I've, I, the whole thing I gotta love it, and I'm that's 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 where I'm staying at with that one, man. So quick, so quick question. I, you guys, you guys know. I, f- I feel like your your comic base is a little bit broader than mine, but um, the one kind of big question I had on this whole book is um, how come how come his suit covers his lips? How, how it's, come? It's, how come I'm, Bat- Batman Beyond suit. He's his suit covers his lips. It, Why's it covers his lips? I don't. To be a perfectly honest with you, there is no good. There's no good answer for that. Um, because I'm I'm doing a real close zoom up right now. Him yeah, and Booster yeah, Gold. I'm looking. It definitely wraps around the lip and yeah, up inside. Yes, it covers the gums. It covers for the, the nanotech. Gums. It's kind of covered the gums. No gingivitis. Yep. No nothing. No nothing. Um, it, scra- that- it scrapes everything straight down to be an animal. <laughs> Uh, it's, that's it's, Wayne Tech, baby. That's Wayne, Wayne Tech. Tech. Got you. Wayne it's Tech got dental. you covered. Free dental care for the for the citizens of Gotham. You ever <laughs> notice? You've never seen a character drawn with missing teeth. He put that. He put nano machines in the water. It's like putting fluoride in there. He's got little nano machines. Right. Uh, <laughs> other than that, how how likely do you think we'll be doing some like Back to the Future um, hijinks here? Because he definitely is like he's like kidnapping his dad, and Batman is going to fight him over his his dad. All right. So or, first, or maybe not dad. <laughs> so first and foremost, um, the whole there's. I'm assuming that the reason why his costume still looks like that is because that's how it was drawn way back in the nineties during the cartoon. And it was supposed to be cool <laughs> and flashy. And it is, that's exactly how it was drawn. It, not much has changed from, from, from way back then. And I, I um, feel badly. That wasn't a real question. I was just being a But Hey, it's a valid question. Um, I, I, I point out stuff like that all the time. But, I do um, like it though. I, but the, I love I like the the Batman Beyond. I've always liked the Batman Beyond suit because I think it's a nice like a step up from um like the the Batman's like 
Batman of like regular time, Bruce Batman and the Batman Beyond. I think it's a neat distinction. It's more like sci-fi. Like I and, that was cool. And um, when you get a chance, take a look and, and Google the uh, Future State Next Batman because it's like a it's like a hybrid between the oh, yeah. two, and I really dig the look of it, man. Mm, big but fan. Uh, I, I, as far as do I think that we're gonna get some Back to the Future hijinks, man? It, I, if I know Dan Jurgens, um he's going to have some fun with this storyline. Even if it's is, not one that we like, it's going to be a fun one. Um, I, another example of that was his whole Nightwing run. I, mm-hmm. I didn't like what was going on in that, but it wasn't, it wasn't ever boring. Mm. I might've not liked what was going on, but it was never boring. It, it was always fun. Even when I had to deal with Nightwing being a taxi driver named Rick for a year, um, you know, it, it was, <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I love that. So, so no, so no matter what we're about to get out of these last few issues of Batman beyond, you can almost guarantee it's going to be something that you're going to read from start to finish without having to put mm-hmm. it down for, in between, you know? Yeah. This baby, this baby went down smooth. This is, this is a solid seven and a half for me. Absolutely. One thing I give it eight, seven. I enjoy the story. I fear the panels, not so much. But again, like this is a quick read. Villain, this is a new villain, right? The the uh, this blank, blank character, yeah, I've yeah. never heard of him before. Oh, this. So again, I'm intrigued to learn more about him. Um, I'm really looking forward to the next issue to see what we're gonna see, like what's gonna happen with him being in 2020. Wondering what are the guest appearances will we see? What are we gonna see a Robin show up? What are we gonna see him like just see what Dick looks like in his prime? That would be pretty cool. Um, uh, if 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 we have seen um Dick in his in um, oh that he'll get to see he'll get to meet Dick in his prime is that that's what you're saying? Yeah, like yeah. now that like he's gonna get to meet everybody in their prime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and he, obviously he knows who Batman was before because he's like, yeah. The, I mean, the 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 very end of it. How does how does he put it here? Um, he's fucked. I, I mean, essentially, that's kind of what he says. Uh, he says, "I recognize the voice, and it means trouble." Times ten. <laughs> <laughs> so he he knows exactly what's what what's what's gonna happen there, and. <laughs> oh god now i can't stop looking at it i just happen to notice that it definitely does wrap around his lips <laughs> oh, you see them little lips <laughs> yeah sorry um, sorry for this curse listeners <laughs> damn we'll you a lip curse, we'll put a lip curse warning right before this little bit we'll drop that in lip curse. skip ahead 20 seconds to skip the lip curse <laughs> All right, so that's going to wrap up Batman Beyond. Let's take it over to Legion of Superheroes number 10 now with a retail price of $3.99, written by Brian Michael Bendis with art by Ryan Sook. Finally! Wade Von Grawbadger and Jordi Belair. Letters by Dave Sharp with the cover done by Ryan Sook. God, is that cover gorgeous or what? Holy crap. There's an amazing amount of light work that's going on there. And, um... 
I know it's a pretty simple picture of Saturn, Saturn girl and John Kent um, leaning in and being a little intimate and it's, it's, it's unnecessary, but shit, man, look at, look at the way that he's done the light work. Um, look at the way that he's mixed their hair tangling up. It's I, it, Ryan Sook is easily one of my favorite artists at DC and in comics period. Yeah, it's it's very effective. It's very kind of like it, it definitely pulls you in right right off the bat because of just kind of like not that not the negative space. I mean, besides like the heart kind of around first kiss, there it's it's a very evocative picture and kind of like gets you primed for the rest of the book. Yeah, it's, it's, like it got me real excited, and then you know you go to the next page and there's a hundred bubbles. Yeah, yes. yeah. The 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 Valentine's candy advertisement up at the top. I think we could have done away with that but um the, the the rest of it it's 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 the kind of picture sure. you walk by that has someone has on their 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 wall and you go whoa you know yeah, it's I, very striking. I, it is it's it's really good so um the cover's awesome the art inside's done by the same guy so that's probably gonna be pretty good what about the story anthony why don't you take us through that well as reed said Open the page, and there's way more water bubbles than actual comics. And I hated that one. So, of course, I'm not going to. I was like, oh, great. More. No, another novel part two. Yay. Like, no, no, no. He, hey, how, how often is it you get to. How often is it. Think about this economically. How often is it that you get to read a novel for $3.99? I mean, <laughs> your, words, your words per page is high. Yeah. But see, I mean, that's why I read comics. Right. So I don't gotta read this many words. I'm with you, man. This <laughs> <laughs> by the cry kid. It's cry the karate kid. He's there. His disembodied head. Same one too. The like the last recap page, same thing. Or like yeah, the brainiac's head and all the wobbles. Same thing. This one, cry kid, and all the wobbles. Like, why? And some of these are ones you don't even need to know about. It's just too much information. Like, minimize it as much as you can when you have almost 25 word bubbles. And then not like one or two words. It's like almost a full-on, someone has like a full-on paragraph in the word bubbles. If anyone out there can do this for me, I mean, I will pay any amount of money to make it happen. I need a video clip of Christopher Walken saying, what do we need? More word bubbles. That's I do a horrible Christopher Walken, but I just want to see that. I'm probably dating myself. I'm super old. Anybody gets the more cowboy joke? Um, it's one of my favorite SNL clips of all time. But speaking uh, of, hey, if we're if we're doing requests, if anybody out there um uh has the time or inclination to dis- to decode the cipher that's been on these books, hit me up with that too. Because it definitely looks like there's like repeating patterns. I just don't have the energy for that. But like, if you do, definitely hit us up. I would love to know what that is, or if it's anything. If it's just if it's just jibber jabber. I'll tell I mean, you what. That if if you really think that there's a pattern that's there, I will put my little brother on it. The, if you see this, there's he's, a couple repeating. He's he's broken inside, and that's exactly the kind of stuff that we that will just. Oh my god! It'll light his day up. It'll probably light his week up. I mean, there you go, um, man. Yeah, he uh <laughs> I I make fun of him, but it, he's got a um 
he has a, a, a mental defect that actually allows him to remember everything that he sees. Nice. And, oh, wow. um, that, that's that's wild. That's it has the, the only thing is he can't it can't just be a picture. It has to be accompanied by by audio. So he can watch a TV show one time and then spit it back to you verbatim. Wow. Now, um, something else is it's pretty cool because I've I've watched him um, sit there and do a bet with a guy at a bar over being able to um, quote any part of Smallville because the guys like that you're talking there are 10 years of shows there there's absolutely <laughs> no way that you're going to be able to do that and i'm like oh my god how much are you gonna get dude he says 50 bucks i'm like Fuck yeah <laughs> money in the bank bb but um i can't even remember why i went off on that tangent He's gonna. He, he, oh, the, he's gonna de decode that for us. We'll we'll have that. He's up. gonna we'll, decode we'll that you for know. us because he has he has tried to, he has taken it upon himself to learn. Um, oh God, um, what's it called? Cryptology. Not uh, well. I mean, not cryptology, but um, from Star Trek, uh, Klingon. Oh, Klingon. Oh, nice. Yeah, uh, him and our dad can actually speak Klingon back and forth to each other. So um, it's it won't be their first trek into alien languages. We're gonna go ahead and push that <laughs> over to them. That is way out of my wheelhouse, but I will. I've got a department for that. So <laughs> perfect. We, we've we've got a branch of the army for that. Exactly. But, yo, guys, this I got. I got to jump back into this because um, this alien bar that we open up in is one. I I want to go there so badly. You have no idea. These <laughs> the cast of characters at the bar, the two headed man, the weird looking slug monster. Yes, yes, yes. I'm in. I am totally committed. <laughs> it, it, there are a lot of amazing characters, and beyond a shadow of a doubt, um, if this book is lacking in any area, it certainly isn't the art. Nah. So this book basically has four main settings, basically. For planets, first off, we have Gotham. Well, we have planet Gotham. Now, just like JLD, when the first book came out, I probably would add first issue, half a second issue, because at that point I was like, you know what? I'm hating this one. I'm just going to drop this book. So going to this one, I'm a little bit going in blind because I may have missed eight, maybe nine issues, but you know what? Let's wait. Let's have some fun. Thankfully, it really, I didn't get very lost, maybe because I had a full two novels of a um, recap page, but opening up at Planet Gotham on their <laughs> first day. That you are coming right off of the two-issue arc of the so-called trial that the that the Legion went through, which was complete and utter nonsense and literally just a cash grab to have one artist per page come in and do so. Oh, yeah, that one. Oh, thank God. Yeah. That one. So, so yeah, you're picking up right where that left off, and that recap page catches you literally up from pretty much issue number one, man. Seems like it because, like, this is like they, they did this mention the Trident, they mentioned the trial, they mentioned the escape prisoner all in this issue. So, in my opinion, this is a good jumping out point, I feel like. So now let's go back. Off point. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so now let's check in with Date Night. Now, this probably got um, 
two, three pages or so. Um, this issue felt more like an annual. Well, it should have been annual because we should have got a few more pages on each section. It would have got a whole lot better because this date night slash turned into meeting a. Um, did they ever say who she actually was? The person she, that they would meet. She worked for for the Gotham. I think she was the commissioner or something. Mm. Yeah, because they want to look at the um. So, first of all, I'm going to say that as we said before, the art is amazing, especially when Sango takes um John into her like head. Which demolition yes, man so, style for what? Demolition man style. Mm. Yeah, right. <laughs> Your mind melds. Yep. <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool. Oh yeah, like that that page is nice. That's how it was funny. done. I was just laughing. Every time I see a bathroom decorated in the beach, like <laughs> you, you got I look at the seashells and I just can't help but laugh. Leave them alone. Leave <laughs> <Yeah>. them alone. <laughs> you use that for what? <laughs> Good. I did. I did like that that vision quest. Like the the use of light. I don't know who mentioned it before. Like on the the cover in the in the book itself, the use of light is great, especially when the glowing neon onion rings come out, which is pretty mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, That's pretty cool. <laughs> space bar. I'm on board. Take me to space bar, please. Hey, if this book sells a lot, which I don't think it will, but it, maybe that might be a legit thing somewhere in the near future. <sighs> because like. I do wish we saw a little bit more of the space bar because after they met with the commissioner, um, they Comics were talking about the future. Comics so predict the, the future and the Simpsons. We'll, we will eventually have magic French fries. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> so we meet up with the Dr. Fate of the future, basically, um, which... We do get a few panels of which is a lot of dialogue, but you know what? Unfortunately, with Bendis writing book, you know that's going to happen, so you already know what you're walking to, whether it's good or bad. Yeah, you can I do wish again. this was... We got enough information, but I feel as if this would have been a little bit better if it was a little bit more, um, because we got some information what we needed. I just thought this was a little bit... Not enough, because all of the plants that we visit, um, whether it's Vemba, New Gotham, Owa, and New Krypton, it felt more of like a tease, but the tease, I crave more, just to get the full experience, per se. Because even the next planet, um, Owa, where Kala Lore, is that how you pronounce his last name? Um, it seems right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, your guess is as good as mine, man. <laughs> I was actually yeah. about to ask about the, um what what the deal is with Krav, the general Nah. Is it like Krav, the general? Like Nah? I don't know. Where, where's the emphasis supposed to go? That, I, I guess I, it's exactly how I read it every time. <laughs> yes, like, yes, I have. I don't. We don't review it, but I I do read it in my personal time and. To be completely 100% honest, I'm not just blowing smoke. I read it in my personal time just because I don't want the reviewing part of this to negatively mm-hmm. affect it. I love that book. Um, Joe Moline is my second second favorite Green Lantern. Oh. Tied 
uh, first place is Kyle Rayner and Jessica Cruz, and then Joe Moline is second. I love that book. If you're not reading it, go out there and check it out. Now, isn't there something that, like about not because I read the first couple of issues of that? Now, wasn't also like a nah in like one of those? Um, was that a character named like nah? I feel yes, like yes, there is a, a character named not in there. Um, and not or there's a there's a, a, a people, if I'm not mistaken, named not in there. And um, that is a good question as to whether or not they are related. Well, I'm going to have to dig deeper into that. And if anybody knows, please feel free to shout out at Not A Robot Show on Twitter. All right. Let us know that. Yeah, like the last name, like, because when I read that, I'm like, oh, this is somehow connected to Fawcett. I feel like, well, what, what, not the person, I'm like um, Joe, but maybe like the people that was dealt in that book. Because that's not like a common like name at all it was like it's nah like you don't hear that every day like oh what a mr nah like no well i mean like it, that's the... <laughs> no 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 that that's Guys, how that's, that's how i say that's how i say no i mean i grew up in michigan it's just part of my heritage man so what reed was saying there like where do you put the emphasis at that's exactly how i've read it every single time the general, general. nah <laughs> no, that's not the general. <laughs> Guys, I've got breaking news. No. They've given us they've <laughs> they've given us the code. They've given us the code. If you look at all the planets, the names, mm-hmm. yeah. um, they show you the symbols. So there you go. There's the cipher. Oh, okay. Well, mystery solved. All right. There you go. I mean, I feel as if maybe oh, he if is proving answer, baby. on his very first episode ever. That's awesome, right? Asked and answered. <laughs> oh, so where was I? Um, we were... Um, oh, what's his name again? Um, you were just asking me how to pronounce it. Oh, nah. No way. No, 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 no. no, no Kyle Rainer, Law. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. like, as I said before, this is my first time jumping in since issue one or maybe issue two at the best. So going in this part with the whole I'm um, going lantern, I was like, oh, okay, let's see what's happening this one. Um yeah, we've 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 had absolutely no information um about him up until this point. So which I feel like, uh, like he's wondering whether like if he's like worthy or so, did they make a right choice? We got a lot of like dialogue saying that you are, but I wish we got at least a page or two or even a panel of them like showing us that he is. Because you're just telling the reader over, over and over again, like, yes, you are worthy. Yes, you do d- deserve this. We chose you, it chose you for a reason, whatnot. But I wish like I got, I saw that. Like, there's in the comic, there's a difference between told and being shown. Yeah. Something that was. Tell me this over and over again. I it would have been better if they did a little bit of both. Um, because we got three. No way. We got two pages. That's enough to um. That was well enough. I didn't need any more of that part. Just that one thing. Just that one thing. And that's it. Um, next let's head over to New Krypton. Um, which was probably a letdown in my opinion only because like as i said this is more of a tease that i didn't get the full appetite that i should have feel like because we see all these characters going to monel and we meet zod who i'm like oh he's still alive and he looks friendly okay cool 
Yes, Zod's in this one. Wow, yeah. I, I, like, wow. that surprised the hell out of me because uh, I'm looking at the characters that that you know that were there, and I I immediately start trying to figure out who it is that they might be, and at no point did I think that that might be Zod. Obviously, it was someone who knew him at one time, and I'm like. Well, this can't be Superman because if it was Superman, they would have they wouldn't be all fanboy over Superboy, you know. So I'm like, I I couldn't figure out for the life of me who it was until until I got the reveal. I and and See? it 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 did shock me. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool, dude. And yeah, does this mean that because because as as it stands right now, does this mean that General Zod? is going to maintain his role as a good guy for DC's future because that's essentially where he's at now. Batman and him have worked out their differences. He's maintaining uh, new Krypton or Batman, Jesus. Superman and him have worked out their differences and he's maintaining new Krypton and you know, he he's 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 removed himself from the villain role. So does this mean that we're never gonna see not a Zod come back as a bad guy? And is that a good thing? Yeah, it's interesting. I uh, um I'm interested in that, but what about the the big reveal at the end? Oh is that, god. Is that some, I I'm a little oh. bit of a neophyte, but is that is that is that someone you guys know? Is yes. The guy? Yes. 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 We'll, yes. We'll get, <laughs> that doesn't that doesn't sound good. We'll get no. there. No. <laughs> why don't you Why don't you get us a little bit closer to that, Anthony? Oh, sorry, I'm jumping ahead. No, no, you're fine. Well, we uh, yeah, our new Krypton. So we learned Ashu Mana also has a kid, and he flies off again. Like I said, this more of a tease. Nothing really happened in this section. Like, I would love to know more about Zod. Like, what was the point of this scene? Show me something to, like, my appetite will just be craving for a little bit more. Just so I know whether or not this scene was worthy or not. Because nothing very happened, no. Which, unfortunately, leads us to our next planet, Rimbar. Now, it was a quick stuff, like... I think that got like a couple of like one or maybe two pa- two pages or so. It was quick and all. Um, we see um, again. This is like my f- Ultra Boy, I believe. Um, is that him, Ultra Boy? On Rimbor? Yeah. Yeah, that's Ultra Boy. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Because like I said, um, this is my first time reading that since um, issue one, and I do enjoy Ultra Boy. He because he. He's drawing a little bit different from what I'm used to from the 2010 run, but hey, you know what? It's a different artist, so it is what it is. They all, all the traditional characters have been redesigned a little bit, and to be perfectly honest, and you know, I'm 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 an old school Legion fan. I I loved it. Um, the 2010 run, all of that stuff was based off of the, the traditional uh, LOSH, and and I I liked all that. But the redesign of their costumes, while a lot of people didn't dig them, I love the new looks, man. I think they're pretty cool. Like that. What you saying? I was just saying, yeah, everyone looks pretty sleek. Like every time, I mean, we, I was introduced to like a bunch of new characters here that like a, a lot of like these 
in these group shots, there's a bunch of guys. Uh, I, I'm I'm very interested in all of it. There's a Buffalo Man. That's pretty cool. There's Bouncing Boy. I, I mean, it seems pretty explanatory, but I'd love to see that in action. But it was never, like, tiring. Every time we popped into a new group of people I did not recognize or understand all of them, I was still like, like yeah, okay, give me some, give me some more weird guys. And that that's that's one of the funnest parts of Legion of Superheroes, you know, regardless of who is writing it, is the the plenitude of characters and the mm. the vast differences between those characters, the different personalities coming into play, and it's it's fun as hell to watch that work. I I think that's why I get so aggravated when it's not handled correctly. Mm. Which like this scene, I remember we got two pages. However. This was probably one I was most interested in about. One, it's Ultra Boy. I enjoyed what I read with him about him in the past. And two, it just so much happened. I feel like with just him freaking out about now that he's the, um, now that he can't really be the leader of the team, he's a, um, at least two more pages I want with this just to progress a little bit more. I'm looking forward to the next issue only because to know hopefully this does progress more because as I said before, we have four planets. So we have about four different stories happening right now in this issue. Not all of them will hit the mark. Maybe two of them. No, no, that's optimistic. Maybe one of them will hit the mark. <laughs> um, Which leads us all the way to our cliffhanger, which none other than Rogozar. Rogozar. So many people did not like in the Superman run. So why not? Let's bring him to the future. See, I, see, okay, to give give you a, a a little bit of a rundown. Basically, are you familiar with Superman's history? Read. Um, Superman's. I, I don't follow. I don't follow him as closely as others, but I, I've got a, a pretty good. In a general uh, sense, you know that yeah, he was. Generally. In a general sense, you know that, that Krypton had uh, been abusing its planet, and it was going to explode because they didn't pay attention to the people that were preaching climate change, and so they shipped Superman off to Earth. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty that, much that. been the gist since the inception of Superman. Right. Right. Okay. <laughs> okay. So Bendis decided. Now. Bendis decided one day that he was just going to completely undo that. One of the most uh-huh. solid and widely known comic facts. Um, maybe this side of Batman's parents being shot in an alley, and uh, he was going to put the destruction on this brand new character that he invented. Something that I mentioned before that that Bendis tends to do is just invent bad guys, throw them into a story get them pushed aside rather easily and then you know wait a couple of issues and invent another new bad guy uh that was exactly the case with rogozar they completely redid the destruction of krypton and blamed it on him he did too big of a punch way too big of a punch (laughs) he must have you you know what he probably did he probably made a fist and then mm. heat visioned it. <laughs> See, the heat vision. <laughs> well, the real secret technique is right as you punch them with the heat vision, you blow on it with the, the cold breath or whatever. Ah, yeah, that's, okay. it. that's what it is. <laughs> it's that's a big a, blur. Yeah. explosion. Superman. Okay, well, he's got a big technique. axe. <laughs> right, he's got a big axe, so I'm I'm hoping to see him chop in the future. I hope they this drop book his for ass me, in a forest. Can I can I go first on this one? Do you guys Absolutely. Mind? Yeah. No, go ahead. 
Okay, so this one, I I had no idea what was going on the whole time. Like I said, there's like a lot of there's a lot of stuff coming at me. That being said, I, I had a great time. I didn't know any of these guys. I'm interested to find out more. I thought it was Me pretty too. cool. My big hangup, my big hangup, loving the space bar. Right before the space onion rings get there, um, mm-hmm. my girl, Saturn girl, says that um, she refers to these onion rings and says that they're real yums. <laughs> Is that a thing? Is that a thing? Uh, I hope not. Oh, and I hope man. never to never to have to read that in my human brain again. <laughs> Real yums. They're yeah, they Future talk is always very bad, but this this was a really like bad I mean, we example. Are sway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, I guess you're okay. That's totally sway. <laughs> <laughs> everything in its place, I guess. That being said, I think it was a gentleman the... I'm going to give this one a gentleman's uh, six and a half. I'm going to give it a six and a half. Six uh six and a half out of ten. That is a bricking good score. Um <laughs> that's that's how they use the F word in Batman Beyond. Bricking. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> uh <laughs> all right. Okay, Anthony, where are you at on this one? On the site, I give it a six out of ten. However, going there again. Just because how much like at the time I did enjoy it at all, but when I actually think about it, I enjoy the art. But however, as I said before, we got four teasers, we get four planets, four teasers on each planet. Nothing really much happened at all. Like yeah, stuff happened, but I feel like we should have got a little bit more on at least all of them. And with the cliffhanger, oh wait, by the way, the next issue is called the fall, the fall of New Krypton. So. Ball goes off, fans. Screw you guys. Um, I can say five out of ten. Five out of ten. Big, big punch is coming. I saw the name. Rogel fans. Screw you guys. Well, Screw you guys. I'm going home. Uh, exactly. Updated in real time. Love to see it. Absolutely, man. Oh man. Okay, so um, I don't even know where to begin. Uh, I'm gonna try and do it real quick because you guys know i have a tendency to go on a tandem when i'm bitching about bendis um the the art uh, let's let's focus on the positives here real quick the art is amazing ryan sook i just i want i want to oh god i want to be able to afford to pay him to commission some pieces for me you know what i mean um i love everything he does so this visually was something amazing um also on the positive side is that we actually see some story elements taking shape here uh this is excuse me for a second here this is yeah issue 10 it is the 10th issue and we are finally starting to see some threads of a story develop um Although I, I've been reading Bendis's work since he came over to DC and I kind of can already guess where this kind of stuff is headed, which is unfortunately, ultimately nowhere. Um, I, I'm, I'm not going to discount this because of stuff that I've seen in other titles and I'm going to try and do my best to review it. Open-minded, open-faced and with a positive attitude. That said, the beautiful artwork and the storylines that have been set up were drowned out by a, f- a load of dialogue that 
that just seemed unnecessary as is typical in the Bendis book. So um, I'm actually going to rate this much higher than I typically do. And I'm going to give it a six out of 10. Um, I'm shocked that I give it that high of a score because of how much I usually get mad at this book, especially the last two issues. But um, it's almost as though he's been listening in and taking some advice on the direction of the book. And hopefully, you know, even if that's not the case, and I'm probably sure it's not, but um, I just, I hope to see that, that, that Legion moves in the direction that he's set up in, in this issue. So I guess that is it for the Legion of Superheroes, which brings us to another team-up book, and that one is Batman Superman number 13, priced at $3.99, written by Joshua Williamson, with art by Max Rayner and Alejandro Sanchez, with letters by John J. Hill, and the cover was done by David Marquez and Alejandro Sanchez. So we're continuing the art from last issue, and we start this book out with Batwoman and Steel flying through space, responding to a message sent to them by Batman from the moon. The only problem with that is that the message sent by Batman said not to come to the moon. The villain here is actually a rogue brainiac-like program on the Bat computer that accessed the files on all of the villains on Earth in order to test Batman and Superman and try to understand the best way to help combat villainy. The program decides that it needs first to understand other heroes, but then decides that in order to properly combat villains, it must understand them. And the only way to do that is to become one. We're given a new composite Superman Batman who, after the program has decided it no longer has use for the heroes, leaves all four of them on the moon as it heads towards Earth to mount an attack. Now, as is usual in a Batman-Superman book, the art is a cartoon-style animation with a nice dose of detail added in just the right spots. The art teams change on this book, but the style tends to carry through. And this, this particular team of Rainer and Sanchez do a really good job of carrying that on. Uh, the story is an entertaining one, though the whole Batman's plans come back in a bad way trope is a little overused. This isn't a major story arc. So it's, to me at least, it's a little less of a hindrance here, and I'm not that upset by it. If we saw this in a major Batman book, I'd probably be, be bitching a lot more. Um, so that said, I am enjoying this arc for exactly what it's worth. A fun read. The stories in these books are almost always pretty good and typically not linked to things happening in the larger universe. So that makes this a perfect book to introduce someone to comics with. And I can appreciate that as well. Um, that given, I gave it a final score of 7 out of 10 on the site, but I'm actually going to bump that up to an 8 out of 10 just because it was a fun read. Where are we at? Um, why don't we hear from Anthony first on this word? You gotcha. Going in the last show, I enjoyed the team up that we have, so I was hoping to get a little bit more than that. Um, so we did get that, we did get a little bit of a team up with um, Steel and Batwoman, but physically we didn't get that much. We get more of um, Batman and Superman in this issue. Although, however, I did enjoy um, all of the robotic villains that we did see, mm -hmm. especially when we saw um, the Riddler. 
that's probably one of my favorite ones because I just love how they also captured the essence of the villain. The only one I wasn't really a fan of, however, was the Joker. I felt as if it was like, okay, okay, why not? Um, I think I could do without him. I will say I did chuckle when Batman did say, you know, we, we, we can let him have his fun. Um, but again, this was a, a quick read. Like I think I'd rather do my fifth, fifteen minute break at work and all. I still had about like five minutes left left to um, spare, if not longer than that. It was a pretty quick and easy read, mm-hmm. and I mean, it was done. Um, was I the only one that was almost reminded of like a Justice League action um, episode, cartoon? Uh, yeah, episode, cartoon yeah. episode. It was it was it was kind of just like that that over the top episode, um, but everything works out really smoothly. But somehow it's not coming across as corny or cheesy the way it's working out. It just so happens to, you know, like they had just the right recipe. Um, I don't know how big or how popular uh, Justice League action was, but that's like how every cartoon episode appeared to me it was like there there were nice neat little well written could have been comic books for little kids and and that's that's just what this reminded me of myself i can see yeah, that. I agree with that it it flows really well um start to finish it, it never where some of the books this week kind of like drag down especially with like long dialogue or like sequences that don't seem to do anywhere this book is like incredibly efficient i mean you get a lot of storytelling done you get a lot of like action done it's nice and clean and like you said it, it you you chew right through it. it it goes by it goes down real smooth again i think this is this is a great book yeah i mean even the solution batman solution to defeating the the um the rogue program was it had accessed every file of uh, it had access the file of every villain on earth so batman told it to access the joker and of course the joker is the engine of chaos so the joker undid it you know undid the program itself i I did love to see a a a reprogrammed joker bot running around just smashing things it was enjoyable man i i had fun with this with this comic I yeah. think they stayed in every scene just the right amount of time. All the new villains, like the different styles. Like, oh, hey, look at that. That's that one. Oh, yeah, check that out. Uh, it, was, it was very cool. Um, yeah, I, I would definitely suggest picking this book up. Oh, yeah. Like, the artwork, too. Like, I do enjoy like the art because it does bring, like, a. I feel like this artwork is a little bit different from what we've been seeing a lot in the all the other books, uh, which is good. It makes this stuff stand alone from the other books by itself uh do wish that we did I, the cliffhanger in my opinion should have been two pages earlier from, from what we got when we see the um the fusion of superman robot and the batman robot that would be a nice it seemed like it what should have been such how it was just a splash page with that being said i do wish that also steel and batwoman wasn't part of the fight when um because we know it eventually it's going to be four against one. If that does happen, that's a little bit of a letdown. Because I think that would be better if we do get um, Batman and Superman facing off against that fusion monster. The the fusion monster, I referred to it earlier as uh, Composite Superman Batman. And um, it's actually a character that uh, that has some deeper roots in the DC history. It's oh, really? Been, 
it's it's uh, it's appeared a few times in some storylines since the silver age and um traditionally speaking it is pretty badass it is all of superman's powers with all of batman's intellect and 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 very cool and and tactician type you know I mean, least so I'd like to see where it goes, but I'm guessing that it'll probably be brought down with like some very simple human thing, and then it'll be like, "I do not compute. I'm a robot. I cannot understand your brains," and then like explode itself. Savage. As, as as long as it's not brought down by an eye beam. <laughs> that that being said, I think like this one is like a solid like seven and a half for me. Absolutely. Same. Seven and Perfect. a half. All right, well, that wraps up Batman Superman 13, and we are going to take a second to take a break, and we will be right back and finish the rest of our reviews, including Wonder Woman, Red Hood, Flash, Suicide Squad, and, of course, Dark Knight's Death Metal, Rise of the New God. And we're back. We are going to kick things off now with Wonder Woman number 765, written by Mariko Tamaki, with art by Steve Pugh and Romulo Fiardo Jr., with letters by Pratt Brousseau, and the cover done by David Marquez and Alejandro Sanchez. Anthony, let us through. Uh, Want to lead us through on this review? You getcha. All right. So, as we called last time, I was a big fan of the whole hold on up, hold on issue. So, I offense. It's Maki, a one time hitter. Is she good at that one um, story off we did? Or is she good at story arcs, but not good at score downs? So it's an offense jumping in. But we jump in this issue right from the into a storm. And it looks like. And that's all we get because right now we're going back in time into for two days, which we do see Diana and Bru- and Diana and Clark at the hall dresses going over some um villains who might be up um taking some of the Technology that is on the black market. Now, I will say this: the um, who the what are they called exactly? The um people that's um on the top row of the computer screen with the hearts of cards, like the Jack, King, Queen. Were they established? Because I thought they were made from the Batman Beyond TV show, so I thought they were for, like the futuristic villains. Are they the still Batman, the, no, you're talking about the Royal Flush Gang? Y- yes, that's the Yeah, well, they, no, they, they, the they, they've been around for a very they, long time. Gosh, gotcha. um, yeah, And if future. I'm not mistaken, they, they even played for quite a long time when they had that whole Wonderland Gang thing going on with Alice mm-hmm. and the Mad Hatter and everything. Um, they were a part of that whole shtick. So, um, I mean, yeah, the, the the Royal Flush Gang has been around for a while. They did play a large part, a, a rather large part, in um, in the in the in the animated series, but they were based from the comic. Gotcha. Yeah, because especially with um, the person, the character Ten, how she did appear also in the in the Rebirth um, Batman Beyond book, and now she's somewhat of a good guy. So that's why a little bit threw me off. But now let's check in with Diana as she's wondering if, like, should she really trust Maxwell Lord? The same thing that we've been going over since basically he joined into the book, which 
it's, we're getting a little bit too much of the repetition of, should I trust him? Should I not? Because as Clark brings up, should I join you on your mission? Which she feels like, no, because what if he turns you against me? Which, hey, maybe that's foreshadowing something into the near future of once Maxwell Lord does do his potential heel turn and we see Diana fight another hero. I don't doubt. I don't think it's potential. I think it's inevitable. There's, I don't see any way that we're going to get out of this without Maxwell Lord going back to being a bad guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, we are constantly shown how big of a douchebag he is. Oh, with yeah. Even the people who give him the most minor of inconveniences, and he's like, relive your worst childhood trauma. What a jerk, man. <laughs> Which, yeah, like, what, what the hell is up with him also with the childhood trauma? Like, dude, like, what can... This might not be a running gag, like how the last issue we had one with the actor. Hopefully that wasn't a running gag in this issue with, like, the whole childhood tra- um, trauma because uh, that's true. You're making him, his character, more of, of like, a, a joke character. Like, mm, no, no thanks. Yeah, I get what you're saying where there's... If you if you relegate him to just like one constant trope, the fact that he's Maxwell Lord and able to force push his thoughts into your mind to convince you of anything is going to get kind of pushed by the wayside and he's going to look like a one-trick pony. Yeah, which our mission brings us to Zandia, which basically just run by a whole bunch of villains. And unfortunately, with one woman there, it might be a little bit awkward. So what he does, he makes everyone think that she is not one woman, she's somebody else. Which, can he actually do that? Because he didn't even say, he doesn't really come, he doesn't speak to anybody. He, he just makes it happen. Yeah, no, uh, t- t- okay, okay, so there's been a- forced. He's been He's been represented a couple of different ways, but ultimately, Maxwell Lord doesn't actually have to say the words. He can think them and push them into your head with his mind. But this many people, though? Yeah, if you see like, he, that's, spo- that's a lot of people. He, he, yeah, there it is, and he's uh, it, he's been painted to be able to do such a thing uh, many, many times. I do wish that we also, because you do see an image of what she looks like in other people's eyes, and I wish we got an indication of that's legitimately her. Because when I saw them, like, who are you? You seem important, but um, you know. But later on, we do see a brawl between everybody, which we do get some nice little action scenes, which that gave Maxwell a great quick way to meet up with somebody. However, that somebody just betrayed him. It just seems a little bit... It didn't seem like a natural thing, um, in my opinion. And doing so... Like, even for this one, like, we just see him, like, you've been Maxwell Lord before, so you know how much of a badass he is. We have not got that in the run, however, even this issue. Now, in a similar, in a similar complaint to what I was saying about Batgirl, it feels like we are getting exceptionally watered-down versions of these those two characters, Maxwell Lord being one of them and then ba- uh, Barbara Gordon being the other. I just don't see them being written to their full potential. They're both kind of being written very juvenile. Yeah, because even like in this issue, how Maxwell Law needed one woman to come in and save him, we, we do see the nosebleed. So he was trying to give some sort of a command, 
what yeah, to like reveal the monster that is. That's all it was. He doesn't like take it down, does take the monster down. Of course, that monster does look like he could crush him. However, Maxwell Lord does have powers. He could easily use his powers to defeat the monster. No, that doesn't happen at all. So instead, we learn that the bad guy is none other than Vertigo, who I was glad to see because I've only read him a few times in the Green Arrow run. Um, so seeing him in here was, okay, nice. However, what he does was just, it just seemed like, mm, way, way more powerful and out of place for his character. Yes, just with like pushing a major just burst and just because as we said before, how Wonder Woman and um, Maxwell was in the Invisible Jet. And it was causing, and it was like basically just falling down, crashing. That's where we are right now. now we um, go back to the beginning of the issue. We see what caused the destruction, uh, with just the damage, which is basically just a wave of whatever he's doing. No clue what he's doing per se. It doesn't really tell us what. Um, that's how if he's using some of like from his uh, mind or what, which leads us to Wonder Woman being blind. Which, <laughs> Now that I'm thinking about this, because on the site I guess an eight point yeah a eight out of ten, I enjoy the issue. But then once you go over this, it's like it does have good art. However, getting from point A to point B to point C, um, they should have done a little bit of a better job. I feel like whether it was in the details, whether it's how you're treating the characters. Yeah, it felt this. This book felt to me it went pretty quickly, like some of the other ones, except it in a, not an entirely positive way. It kind of just seemed like a fever dream. You're just like moving from one sequence to the other, and then Vertigo does a thing, and then and then and that's the end of the uh, issue. I was interested. Is she really blind? Because like there's like a, a weird like blue outline, so she could like kind of see. I'm guessing like she's not blind, but she can only see like souls or something i i'm guessing that's probably souls or silhouettes or something along those lines or dramatically like reduced visual capabilities mm-hmm. um i'm i'm pretty much there with you guys um i was really all about tamaki when she first took over wonder woman and um i felt like i enjoyed the entire arc from from uh liar liar right up until the end and i felt it was a little anticlimactic but i also felt as though it was a part of a larger story arc um i just like like reed was saying here how it feels like a fever dream you're just moving from one thing to the next and it it, i mean i don't know about fever dream but i get what you're saying um it doesn't there it wasn't the story that was that was pulling me through it wasn't interest it wasn't it wasn't intrigue it was it was the fact that i needed to read this book and um you know that's not the kind of that's not the kind of comic book that I mean not not just reviewers but um you know regular people want to read if if the only thing that was pulling me through to the final page was the fact that I had to talk about it then I can only imagine how somebody who didn't felt when they paid four dollars for this and got halfway through it and tossed it aside. I w- I was overall unimpressed. However, the Count Vertigo doing a thing um I. I take into consideration. I think that that part is pretty cool. 
um, Count Vertigo doesn't really have a whole lot of, uh, of, of power. He, he, he is a powerful person, but he can't expand it to the levels of, say, like Maxwell Lord can. And now he's got access to that stolen tech that's allowing him to superpower himself and, and, and mess with people and their decision making and, and their balance and, and literally just about everything that has some kind of equilibrium to it. Uh, yeah, I guess. So, so scale it up to, to the, to the nth degree. If you, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, that part is kind of neat and interesting to me. If there's a, if there's a villain out there that could benefit from tech that allowed you to have Maxwell Lord like powers, like what kind of villain would you want that to be, to make it an interesting story? And I think Count Vertigo is an interesting choice. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the rest of the story around it just isn't there for me. And because of that, I'm giving this a five out of 10. Yeah, I think I'm right there with you. I I really dug super villain Vegas. I thought that was pretty cool. I like that. He's a count in a castle also pretty cool. Yep. Um, but I just don't, I don't think there was too the, very much meat on these bones. Uh, it, it just seemed kind of sparse. Um, it's fine. Indeed. It's like, just like a, a comic for sure. So yeah, I give it about a five uh, out of ten as well. All right. Did we get a rating from you over there, Anthony? On a site, I give it a out of ten. However, going over it right now, I think I'm due to I did enjoy the art. So due to the art, I'm gonna unfortunately boost it down a little bit higher than you guys, but boost it down to when it was to a six point five out of ten. All right, and that finishes up Wonder Woman for us. And next up is Red Hood Outlaw, the book that doesn't know its name, number 50. Um, <laughs> it keeps changing. It's Red Hood, it's Red Hood Outlaw, it's Red Hood and the Outlaws. Red Hood Outlaws no more. Priced at five ninety nine, written by Scott Labdell, with art by Paolo Pantalena and Arif Prianto. Letters by A.L.W. Stropiteri and cover by Dan Mora. In the final issue of Red Hood's run, as the series draws to a close, the reader is given an end to the ma- to the major story arcs that were left open throughout the book, and features gorgeous artwork on every page by Pantalena and Prianto. The entirety of the book is told through one long story, skipping through time as necessary, but that doesn't affect the book in a negative way. Um, we're not missing out on anything of importance. It's largely focusing. It's largely focusing on the relationship with Duella Dent, the Joker's daughter, and Red Hood, and we're giving endings to the the little strings left open this thus far. Um, Jason's close relationship with Artemis. Uh, we get to see Jason working through his feelings about his death and resurrection because they're sitting there bonding, and he's actually getting a chance to talk about all of this stuff. Um, and and basically like where he fits in with the world he makes a decision to leave generation outlaw in the care of ma gun and leaves the villain life and his students with the exception of pup pup super, the the living superman plush toy uh he leaves them all behind and i'm really super glad to see that i didn't i didn't understand or enjoy that story at all now the characters the characters were cool i really did enjoy all of the characters that were a part of generation outlaw but as far as as far as red hood 
teaching a team of teaching the next team of supervillains um, while never fully taking on a villain role of his own. It just didn't make any sense to me. It felt mm. pointless and like a page filler. And unfortunately it took up quite a few pages. Uh, so to see that pushed away from Red Hood made me very happy. Um, uh, Pup Pup didn't stick around with the rest of the guys um, that were a part of the um, Generation Outlaw. He walked off and Duella Dent and him get talking. And because of that, Duella realizes that she's tired of pretending to be someone else and she goes back to living a normal life with her parents. That is, of course, only after Jason has been reaching out and working with her to get her the best care, uh, both physically and mentally, so she can get help um, to restore her mind and body. In the end, she thanks Jason for helping her not become him and i think that 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 story arc right there that that contained bubble is hopefully going to allow the red hood to move on to the next chapter in his you know whatever whatever that may be for his character instead of consistently just going over and over and over again about crowbar joker crowbar joker crowbar joker now we've been giving a therapeutic end to that you see what i'm saying and hopefully writers i'm i'm fingers crossed writers are going to take advantage of that um the story finishes with artemis and jason riding their bikes through the desert they pull off and watch the sunset as artemis tells them that this is where they part ways she explains that Jason doesn't need her anymore, and it's time for the next part of their own stories. Jason says that he feels alone, but for the first time, he's not feeling anger or the need for revenge, and that's new for the Red Hood as well. He's realizing he just needs to be the best Jason Todd he can be, and I can't see, I can't wait to see where the character goes from here. And I'm hopeful that whatever it whatever does happen in the future of the red hood it draws from this conclusion i enjoyed the hell out of the issue um and i gave it an eight out of ten something else that i happened to notice collectively this week dealing exclusively with the red hood is the fact that jason todd sure has a thing for redheads hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, in, in in three jokers, he was over. He was he was after Barbara. He's he's got this kinship with with Duella Dent. He 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 randomly hooks up with Artemis. Um, I'm uh, the whole thing with Starfire, and I'd be surprised if Miss Martian wasn't in the mix. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, Star Starfire's right in there too. It mm-hmm. goes through like all. Uh, of his uh, the Red Hood has a thing for redheads. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean they, they did hook up the mask, before. Yeah, <laughs> right. Mm. I wonder if DC realizes that they have done that. All right, guys. So I think that wraps it up for Red Hood. Unfortunately, it wraps it up for the series as well. And hopefully, after Future State, we'll see more to come with this character. Only time will tell, though. Next up. We have. Oh, oh wait, we uh, didn't, so we get didn't ratings. Cross. No, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I want to get out of here. Hurry up, guys. 
Uh, well, I think it would be that's probably about a seven for me. I think that the art is okay. I I feel like sometimes the bodies were a little like strangely angular, um, but overall it was a pretty it was a pretty neat read. I loved that little pup pup. He was my he's my man. <laughs> he's my hero for real. Give me give me an, a ten episode uh, issue arc of pup pup, please. Oh, definitely. Yeah, he, he does get featured in quite a few of the the it, the the runs. So if you ever get a chance, pick up some older Red Hood from the la- over the course of the past year, or dip oh, into yeah. the library, and um, you'll you'll enjoy it. I'll, di- I'll dive. <laughs> it's it's back done in. pretty well. That's that's enough for me. I'm I'm in. I'm sold. I mean, I think I think I get this at seven ten as well. Um, the uh, it was okay. I do wish that next story was back on the book because just on the final issue. Would be nice, whether it was on like the last half, the first half, or something, because like he started the run, and he did a phenomenal job when the art when book first came out. But this issue, as you said, this was causing all of the storylines that we either care about or we didn't care about, which makes you realize, man, he Skyler Dell does a crappy job at closing storylines when they should have. <laughs> yeah, some of these. Should have been closed out a long time ago, like that gen, like that generation of team and all. I agree with you on that one. The the characters, like yes, they intrigued me. However, they did nothing with them. So at the same time, this issue makes you realize how much you disliked some of the stuff, as well as like some of his other stuff. Honestly, this issue makes me realize how much I did not enjoy most of the run. How I only enjoyed. The first, up until the departure of the outlaws, the first time, I enjoyed it, but I got this a seven out of ten. I did enjoy the, also the moment of like with Dula and Jason, how much they are bonding. Moments like these, it shows you more it makes Jason of a better character to enjoy. Like it shows him like he does get edgy at times, but however he does have a good soul. I think that that's the part that. Uh... That's that's where I agree with. Uh, I'll have to agree with you on that part because I, anything that gives me character development and progression with Jason Todd, I love to see because it takes him out of the wherever it takes him out of the where everybody looks at him as the Robin that shoots people. You know where everybody mm-hmm. every all the other Robins have have something that they're famous for. Tim is the Tim is the detective. Nightwing's the original. Damien's the blood son that's got a temper. Jason Todd's the dickhead that should have stayed dead, and but he didn't. Now he shoots people. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, I think I think the character deserves a little bit more love than what he's been getting, and and hopefully, you know, I I think I think we saw some some good uh, story wrap ups here that show character progression, and we also saw him over in Three Jokers, and hopefully that spells good news for Red Hood. I don't think you think that it will though. <laughs> yeah. um, more or less. All right, so we're going to end that one, and then we will move over to The Flash 764 at a price of $3.99, written by Kevin Sinek, with art by Will Conrad and Hi-Fi, letters done by Steve Wands, and the cover by Bernard Chang and Marcelo Mialo. Now, the last issue, I thought that was just his, like, I thought that was just the intro to what we will see from Kevin on The Flash one. However, no, that was actually the part one of... Um, his story, which leads us to part two, and his story is called "With This Ring." So I'm a little bit intrigued, a little, and a little bit like, hopefully it's good. 
because like I don't want a full on story arc about the thing. One issue was just enough. Um, so having two issues, okay. Hopefully, um, it's one that actually keeps my interest for the entire time. I so think as we... I, I think that the the focus of the first part of this one was indeed the Flash's ring, but I don't think that the ring that this arc is referring to is quite the Flash's ring more than it is the new one fashioned yes. by one Dr. Alchemy. Well, hopefully it's not each issue we see a, a new thing. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, no, please, because we've already gone through that shit with new Speed Force stuff, and we didn't get any answers to that. <laughs> well, Dr. Alchemy, it's not really a ring. It's more of like a set of brass knuckles with a big gem in it. It's yeah, like, that's um, yeah, like very number. So. <laughs> Watch next next issue. We'll see Captain Cole with the ice ring, and so this issue, as we said, it does feature Doctor Doctor Alchemy, somebody who has been teased the past couple of issues. Um, and I'm not too familiar with Doctor Alchemy, only from the Flash TV show. Which come on, you can't really know that like legit canon. Which yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shrink does have a good job because later on. Flash does a little bit of research, and we do get information on not only on this um, Dr. Alchemy, but the past couple of Dr. Alchemy's as well, which doesn't seem forced. It was naturally how he just had to do some lookup, as well as giving the reader a brief history of the character, which is a very good job, because we have not seen this reader at all in Rebirth, and I feel like if a character has not been around comics in the past five, five years or so, you should do a little bit of brief history so here's a, is a, some of a new re- reader can actually say, oh, so this is what he is, who he is all about. I'd have now, to give you that one. Dr. Alchemy's kind of been sitting back on a shelf for quite a long time, so there probably should have been a little, and I, I am one to bitch about a recap page, but um, since he has been sitting on the shelf for quite a long time, it probably could have done a little bit better to introduce or give it, to just give a little peek into the backstory of who this guy is for anybody who hasn't been reading flash comics for eight years they do a little bit when he's uh because he kind of gives a little recap real quick when he's when he's on the computer yeah yeah they do like a little alchemy breakdown now one thing we did not see much of in joshua is flash actually being smart using his like his brains showing us like yes he is a forensic science he yes he is smart so but we do see this quite a bit in this issue i feel like we do see this a lot in, in this issue yeah joshua what he Josh, does. joshua williamson's run was essentially barry running around going oh shit what do i do now hmm? and we <laughs> didn't get that only in this one and no, so like we've, he we've got a level-headed brains. We got a level-headed CSI brain detective type guy here, and that's good. Yeah, because at times it does about what he's doing, and he does use these scientific words, which I have no idea what they mean, but they do sound smart and useful. So I'm gonna take his word on it, because we like. (laughs) (laughs) Why does he? (laughs) He's saying words more than three syllables. I'm gonna trust that. Exactly. I'm like, okay, you sound smart. You sound smarter than what we got before, so why not? And I do love how, like, his mask got um, destroyed. So he does use his speed to, so people doesn't see who he really is. That was a great move and all. So whenever a smart 
character does something to impress the reader, well done, because he done quite a few things throughout this issue to really impress me. Um, whether he knows, hey, I can run fast waters, but bat, but the good guys can't, so I gotta save them, because in one run, you probably will not got that, no. But as I said before, as we do get a little bit of a recap page, we also get a little bit of force, slash a little bit of natural, okay, more force, on how um, <laughs> we get about the mailman. Because I was like, oh, don't feel about this. Oh, oh, okay, cool, now I know. About the mailman and the expo, where the bad guy might hit. Which, in my opinion, I was like, are we getting mailman in the book? Because I am... I'm digging the Mailman book that we are getting right now, so I would be down if we get the Mailman in the next issue. Maybe they'll have a metal ring. That is one thing that I'm excited about happening at the end of this year. Is, I mean, we're just going to... It's coming to the end of Didio's Metalman run, and there's been no speculation or solicitation at all for more Metalman, and that's kind of sad because I love those books. Who knows? Maybe we'll see them in this story arc. But that being said, we see um, Dr. Alchemy at the Melman Expo. And so he d- decides to, um, he's above the um, roof. He, so he throws down glass onto the um, instant bystanders. However, as I said before about um, us seeing how smart Barry is in this issue, that it does happen. As Barry's like, you know what? I can't save everyone by running. So I run super fast to make the glass um, melt and go to sand. I'm like, wow, you know, that's a good idea. Good thing you're the speedster, because I would not have thought about that at all. People would have died if I was a speedster. So as... (laughs) (laughs) I guess there's a time when we are not meant to be heroes, right? (laughs) Yes, so a speedster is not my suitability, because, you know, at least three people would have died. At least. Um, don't worry. I will save you if you're close to me. If you're far away, I'll save something nice at your funeral. But that being said, as Slash does run, we see that he doesn't run as fast as he's used to. Because out of nowhere, with something to happen, his speed is just gone. Which, you know what? Now he just leaves his IQ. I didn't understand that. I didn't understand that. What about alchemy what about changing the elements could affect his connection to the speed force is it something that i'm missing here is it going to be another loosely connected science thing like from williamson's run or are we going to get a real good explanation as to what could possibly be the cause of how dr alchemy could just go poof you don't have any powers anymore if this was williamson we would got poof However, because like so far, Shinek, we've been getting some scientific stuff that I don't know how to spell. We we do see his <laughs> ring does change to like a purplish color. So maybe next issue we'll get something about how it changes the speed force. Um. So as of now, I do trust um Shinek to like like land to like um to land this. Great on the next issue. Story arc is on the call for. However, I do have faith in him in the next issue. The cliffhanger didn't really intrigue me that much, but hey, I am excited to see how, what else will we see from Shinnick? Because 
already this is a huge difference from what we have been getting in the past four years. So I gotta get this a 8.5 out of 10 because man, the art, the story, the dialogue, I may have to like look up how to sound out half of these words, but you know what? I enjoyed it. <laughs> what did you think, Reed? Uh, I thought this was, I, I enjoyed this book. I thought the art was, um, was pretty good. It definitely pulled me in. I, I like Dr. Alchemy's design. Love the bullet rain. Big fan of that. That um, was cool. I just, it feels like the, him stealing the speed force. I, I don't, I don't know that it's going to be like a, it doesn't feel like it's going to be like a multiple issue problem. It seems like it's going to be something that within the very first, you know, couple of pages of the next episode, like reverts. It doesn't seem super permanent. I'd love to be proven wrong because that would be a pretty cool situation to see. Um, but overall, I I'd give this one about a, a 7 out of 10. I'm going to mirror that one as well. I enjoyed the issue overall. I enjoyed Dr. Alchemy as a villain. Uh, I've, I've I've always wanted to see Dr. Alchemy and Firestorm go at it. And I Ooh. thought, I mean, that, would, that wouldn't just be cool in a comic. That would be cool in a movie. But... Um, uh, so the whole premise of 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 where they're heading the story, I, I'm I'm with it on that. Um, it's not super exciting right now. I feel like there's just seeds getting planted, and we're in the middle of setup time. You know, um, I hope that this stretches out over the course of at least two more issues. I would I would prefer a three issue arc, so it's not so condensed. I think that I that we could see the story go places if they if if they let it, and. Um, I'm in, I'm I'm interested. I love I th I, th I thought that the um the cover was gorgeous and I'm kind of a sucker for any kind of those um atomic table puns. I I've got like three shirts with them so um <laughs> I I'm I'm kind of a science geek nerd loving that kind of stuff. So um I loved it. I'm giving this one a 7 5 out of 10. Now um we are wrapped up on flash. That is all done. At the finish line, which brings us to it's not the main event, but it is the one book where I had to remind myself to breathe while I was reading it. I um I got I got sucked into this book so much um, immediately from page one all the way up until the end. And I'm still waiting with bated breath to find out what is going to happen next. And that issue is Suicide Squad number 10. Priced at three ninety nine, written by Tom Taylor with art by Bruno Redondo and Adriano Lucas. They did the cover as well, and letters are done by Wes Abbott. Anthony, take us away on this one. I see pen ultimate issue. Now, you know that stuff's gonna go bad south when Suicide Squad pen ultimate issue with Tom Taylor writing the helm. Yeah, now, you, you, I, you know that there's some emotions that are going to get messed mm -hmm. with. Yeah, um, they, I know. Now, I have noticed this a past couple of issues that I'm actually really enjoying how we get either the career team and or just the name Suicide Squad within the first few um, pages. We This one we get in um, second page with Ari is holding Deadshot and just in the background you can see Suicide Squad spelled out in the font in the background of them, I do enjoy, like, because that's something new and different. So whenever a comic does something new and different to catch my attention, well done. Super effective. That was really great. Mm -hmm. 
Now, what happens next? Um, I will admit, I thought somebody was going to kick the can because they see a jet flying out of court entries. So Ari and Wink heads up and they get inside the jet. Now, they see their friend Lola at the pilot. Wait, what's happening? As we remember, Black Mask can also change his face due to a Tom Taylor issue for the Year of the Villain special, I believe, last earlier this year. So it's nice that you know that still is part of the continuity. So once she tricks um, Wink, she gets shot. And my first instinct was like, no, because you're one of my favorite ones, you and Finn. Thankfully, once we do see Aerie, look at Wink, who actually disguised as Black Mask. Like, wait a minute, you're not her. She's a little bit taller. Like, you know what? That relationship you guys have is just is great. Because not only that, later on, once a family member sees how bad Wink got shot, it's like, oh, okay, you, you did that for love, which is nice. But Oh yeah, they're, def- uh, they're definitely a team within a team, mm-hmm. which is very it's very nice. So it always like one just what's gonna happen. One one of them does get injured because you know emotions can always get the better of each other. Now what that up well while they're up in the sky down below we have Ted Cord telling everybody hey 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 that's not me. Black Mask is doing the no no. He's up there. He's a bad guy of this all. So yeah. thankfully, do me a favor, say "doing the no no" one more time. Doing the no no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna clean the take of that one. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna oh, eat that next nasty. to the podcast. Oh my god, that is totally going on a soundboard. <laughs> now, later on, we do see um, we do see the jet come down to get the rest of the team. Because Ari knocks out Black Mask. However, they do leave somebody behind. They leave Deadshot. Now, how Holly is and what's happening, this might be the last time we see Deadshot for at least a year or two. Because if he does not come back next issue, miraculously, I'm calling it. He's dead, given the the timestamp and all. Brother, I, I, I think... I mean, I'm gonna. I'm. I. I called it now. You did. If, I did not think dead. Deadshot has no metahuman abilities whatsoever. He's just the world's best marksman, and he had a bullet put right through his head. He had a. He. 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 He, he was shot in the chest and then shot in the head and and then kicked out of a giant window, caught or not. I mean, it was dead center in the middle of the forehead, man. Mm. Deadshot is no longer with us, and um, I don't see how because we are DC has said that regardless of whatever happens with Future State, it's not a reboot. So, if it's not a reboot, then that definitely means that there's no cosmic thing that's going to reset Deadshot's death, unless some sort of magic happens. uh, We could bring back somebody like. Can Zebraman do that? Is he power? Uh, as far as I know, he's only capable of of projecting force fields and healing people. But I don't think he can. I don't think he can resurrect them. 
Which, you know what? That's good because, you, know, in my opinion, a Suicide Squad book, you should have deaths of a character. So, and trust me, within his it run, he's given us plenty of deaths. One death that we saw in the original run of the Rebirth Suicide Squad. He he definitely so, has, and it's been one hell of an emotional ride. It's been mm-hmm. one hell of an adventure. You can't help but get uh, pulled into the story. And um, I just, he, we've we've known that Deadshot, or we've known that the rumor that Deadshot was going to die, we've known that, that they've been promoting that for quite some time, oh, yeah, for months they, now. We've yeah. known that. And even then, just <laughs> when I, on the last issue, I saw Deadshot, coming out of the window, the blood trailing out of his forehead. And I was like, well, that doesn't necessarily mean, but yeah, this issue, it's <laughs> this issue. It's done for man. Uh, Deadshot has definitely been shot dead. Yep. Cause now the team heads off to. Bad. Bad. I'm pretty sure I just butchered that place. Badishin, Badizia, bless you, Badishin. Which over there we do see that Finn wants to make sure that they can fully trust Ted Cord, so he reveals the identity, saying that he's Blue Beetle. Now, is that public knowledge? Because like I always hate whenever like nope. the identity is just blown out, or, like oh he's this guy. Like oh, all right, like. Go ahead, Reed. I think the only, uh, the the uh, the fish guy is the only one he knows. It doesn't seem like that's like a big revelation. I think he's just thinking that out or something. Yeah. Well, well, no, yeah, um, well, even um, Holly Quinn, she reacts to it too. There is a point where Harley reacts to it. Yeah, because I um, did yeah, have because a... he he said um, or he says he wears another uniform. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, but, she has uh, to choose Batman. So I think he they know he's a suit, but maybe not which one. Yeah, because he says he says specifically who he is, and then and then Harley doesn't know what he exactly he said. So if th- th- there's a correlation here, um, are you f- are you familiar with Finn, the I'm not, character I'm not from specific. the character from Young Justice? That's the same species as these as this uh, guy and oh, his. Mean, look- Lagoon Boy? L- Lagoon Boy, excuse me. And then there was there's been Finn and then and then um Oh, what was his brother that got killed? But in any oh, case, when they communicate yeah. telepathically, the word bubbles are drawn like that. Yeah. So he's he he he's saying that, but he's saying that in his mind to Ted Court. Mm-hmm. He's but like, Yeah, I know who you he, I know who you are. I'm doing this telepathically to not reveal your identity, but I get who you are. And then he turns around and says, okay, guys, he's one of the good guys. That's where I'm at with it. Yeah, that's that's the same take I have as well. Well, hopefully it doesn't get leaked out a little bit too much. That, hey, he's, uh, he's Blue Beetle. But later on, we do see, as we talk about the Hush Drinks, uh, Black Mask does change his face to some of the past um, characters who have gone kapoo. Whether um, now who is um the first guy? I was because I know the other two, like um, but I was trying to figure out who the other guy was. 
Like we see him transform to Lawton, um, to Finn's brother who got killed by King Shark. And then but Javier. No Javier is the first TN team. Oh, gotcha. They're they're saving his twin sister, and yeah, this is this was the first TN team. Man, that's because man, for, for a twin sister, they don't really look alike. No, but I mean, I remember the name, and you see, you still see, you, you got the glowing pink eyes and the pink, oh. the pink ends on his hair. Yeah, that's definitely him. This did lead up to one of my favorite scenes in the book when um, Black Mask is forcibly demasked. I thought that was so great. Christ. Just the reaction, that, like, oh wait, I'm like, like, she's like, oh, I'm sorry, I did not know that was supposed to happen. In in a panel where you don't normally. You are you you see Osita always raging or in a leadership role, and in this particular panel, she's drawn with her eyes as big as dinner plates. Oh, going, yeah. that look. I didn't realize the mask was stuck <laughs> to him. Ooh. Harley goes. Harley goes. Yeah, it was burned on him in a fire. I was not aware of that. <laughs> as gruesome as the whole thing was, dude, I chuckled. I can't help but do it now, reading, rereading it. The timing, it, the timing and the look is just like perfect. Perfect, oh, yeah. absolutely perfect. Great part. Yeah, speaking about timing, because as they get to see the friend Lola, things go sideways in a big way. She can't hold up the powers anymore, and she goes kapoop. But as we mentioned before about Superman, Zero Man was able to like, shield it in, but only just a little bit because soon he cannot be able to contain it. And we do see, we, we don't know what happens, but the next issue is called Death. And yeah, we see what looks like Zebra Man losing control of his projected force field and not being I mean, able to contain the blast. Tom anymore. Taylor, it's called Suicide Squad, and he, did, he loves to kill people and deceased injustice so it makes me wonder who like at least my guess is at least one person is, is gonna die next issue like one of the main characters yeah i think someone's gonna jump on that particular grenade i think you're right about mm -hmm. that yeah because i, I gotta give this a 9.5 out of 10 if if I had to, if I had to choose, okay, because the, the only the only reason why i know that everybody doesn't die is because Harley Quinn's there. <laughs> there you go. There's nobody else there that is truly not expendable. Harley Quinn makes DC too much money, and without a reboot to reset everything, they just cannot kill her off in a Suicide Squad book. So I know everybody doesn't die. Now that means that probably most people don't die. And there is a Suicide Squad book coming back after Future State, and hopefully featuring the Revolutionaries. Uh, there's also one in Future State, so yeah, that looks weird. That would be cool too if the revolutionaries were still in there. But regardless, uh, you mentioned that you think that the one one person is going to be throwing themselves on their grenade. Now, if that is the case, what if Zebra Man instead tries to? bum rush the explosion and pull the force field down to him basically blowing him up see essentially something along those lines other than that i don't see anybody else there having the ability to save the day 
What about Aerie? She like grabs her and like flies straight up or something. Uh, well, ooh, Jesus. Yeah, the Aerie could definitely. The Aerie, they could definitely sacrifice themselves. I didn't think of that, but as long as it's not the Aerie or Wink, wink or Finn. Yeah, Wink. Yeah, Wink could whoa, do whoa, it too. No, no, no. And don't Wink, off the Wink. What, that's the thing, but uh, but it's Taylor, dude. It is Tom Taylor for one, and you already had her faked out, so it'd be it's the least obvious for sure. <laughs> and, and exactly, and 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 Wink is always the first one to bum rush into battle. Damn. Oh. Yeah, oh no, know. guys! I did... <laughs> oh no! Because <laughs> uh, I mean, Wink, Wink is a is a, she's a new character just like the rest of them. But I have <laughs> I have come to appreciate her. I really enjoy her as a character. Um, I enjoy the Airy. They are a badass character. Um, Osita, all of them are, are. I've grown. I've grown. I've grown really fond, and I hope. I mean, out of, out of all of them, Zebra Man's the one that I care about the least. So I guess that's Same. why my brain went there. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe but, the help that the Blue Beetle called will arrive just in the nick of time. Whoa! Ooh. Yeah. Well, now wouldn't that be something? But who could that be? Booster Gold. <laughs> the new, or the somewhat newish, Jaime uh, um, Reyes. Oh, Jaime Reyes? Maybe that would be interesting for the old Blue Beetle to call the new Blue Beetle. Yeah. I guess we'll have to sit back and see what Tom Taylor has in store for us. It's always a ride when he's behind the pen. Um, and speaking of pens, there's one hell of a, a, a wrestling pen going on here in Dark Knight's Death Metal Rise of the New God uh, on a cosmic scale. Some of the artwork in here is just absolutely phenomenal before I even get into the rest of it. It is 100% gorgeous. Um, oh, before we move on, um, for those of you who don't follow us on Twitter, uh, I gave Suicide Squad a 10 out of 10. Um, I I was in love with that book, and I, I, I tried to find a flaw with it, and I couldn't. I, I, and and I, I mean that because I don't give out 10s. <laughs> Yeah, it's a spicy. It's a spicy one for sure. It definitely is. But we're gonna go ahead and take a look at Dark Knight's Death Metal: Rise of the New God, number one, priced at five ninety nine. With the and um, the cover, uh, the main cover is done by Ian Bertram and Dave Stewart. It houses two individual stories, um, one titled Rise of the New God, and a backstory that's about ten pages long called The Weight of Leadership. Rise of the God, Rise of the New God is the first story written by James Tynan IV, art by Jesus Moreno, Cifente, Cifuente, Vicente Fuentes, and Ulysses Ariola. Uh, letters by Tom Napolitano. So in this first story, we are introduced to a few new things. Um, the first being a new character named the Chronicler. Uh, being from the Omniverse inside which the DC multiverse sits, uh, one of trillions of multiverses. We also get to meet the Codex Omniversa, which is a book that can record all of the information from things and people it is near, forcefully if required. 
So the Chronicle is there to set out to gather up as much information about this multiverse and what has been going on with it, how it got to the point that it's at. And it strategically finds the people who can give it the best information. The first person that the Chronicler interacts with is Psycho Pirate. Psycho Pirate is the only person that is completely aware of everything that has happened throughout all of the crises. So uh, the book pulls all of the information that Psycho Pirate knows from his mind to record it so that the Chronicler can understand up everything about this multiverse. And um, the whole purpose behind it is to chronicle what has happened here after, so that, so that there's a record of it after the multiverse is destroyed. Um, the Chronicler has an awesome line here that I couldn't agree with more. And that's, uh, these stories seem to be worth remembering, but they have not been cared for. And I'll talk more about that line later. Mm-hmm. Chronicler's next stop is Varel Doc's Brainiac 2. He's responsible for sending the signal out into the Omniverse that drew the Chronicler there to begin with. Uh, Varel Docks had hoped to escape the impending doom. He uh, tries to trade the records from Brainiac's ship, which holds every record of their universe in exchange for transport to the Omniverse. The Chronicler's got some other ideas and just takes the knowledge from him with the Omniverse instead. Uh, this character, the Chronicler, he's confused and he doesn't understand how this multiverse was allowed to slip into the disarray that it's in. Um, he says that it's a place of heroes and villains and fairy tales that should live on forever. Vril tries to trap the Chronicler to make an escape, but the Chronicler shows him the deaths of trillions of multiverses. Deaths so bad that they actually make Brainiac 2 throw up. And you get to see that in silhouette actually happening. Real Dox's knowledge is still too insignificant for the Chronicler, and he leaves again. This time, he goes to the moon. As he watches the Darkest Night and Perpetua begin their battle, he still insists that he requires more information. But to satisfy himself, he needs information observed as from one like himself. So he bends over and he picks a skull up and pulls it from the ground of the moon and says, wake up, little god. That little god is none other than Metron. The chronicler reanimates Metron, introduces himself, and demands information regarding the mess that Metron has made of the multiverse, essentially blaming Metron for the state of everything. And Metron's kind of like, dude, it's not my fault, man. It's so... (laughs) <laughs> he kind of, he he finds himself in the place of defending his actions as a mere observer, saying that the weight of knowing all was heavy, and he became consumed by the search for even more knowledge. And in doing so, he began to and flat out eventually ignored the beauty of the multiverse around him. Uh, the entire issue, um, go, date, going back to that line that I liked before. Uh, that the Chronicler said um, these stories seem to be worth remembering, but they have not been cared for. The entire issue is a metaphor for the state of comics. And it's a pretty thinly veiled one at that, considering that this very arc leads into a couple more that intend to shape the DC universe in, in a way that'll give us, from what we're told, the best versions of all of the characters. 
Metron's explanation gets even more metaphorical. Mortals believe in God, so they exist. Gods believe in the source, so the source exists. And that there are several rungs at each level. Much like these characters exist because we love them, so the so there's creators out there that make them and produce them through a source like a publisher, and there's all kinds of different rungs in that ladder. Uh, so I saw this as a big, huge metaphor of of the of the comic industry, and it was kind of neat looking at it from that perspective. Uh, so Metron, he sees this beauty in the life cycle, and he gets comfort in knowing that there is a record of their existence. So that means that they're going to live on, even if the multiverse is destroyed, and Metron is okay with that. Uh, he wants the Chronicler to believe that the multiverse is beautiful too, and he pushes his memories to the Chronicler through the Omniversa. And uh, the Chronicler gets to see everything that has ever happened within the multiverse. And, of course, it works. We're told in the narration boxes on the last page that the belief that the Chronicler develops in these characters of the multiverse, those characters that occupy the comics that we all read, means that they have become eternal. I hope that we find out what that means soon enough. Because I don't know yet. Are the characters, the universes, the worlds that we know, are they eventually going to die? Is the battle between Perpetua and the Darkest Night going to carry on over the course of the next five years as the DC universe migrates towards what we will eventually know as future state? I am very, very curious to find out. You guys have any thoughts on that first story? A lot happened. Um. Oh, I'm hoping that like this does like have an important part play for the whole event because it was all just a lot to just take in, and I hope it wasn't just a side issue that will be meaningless later on. Because I think we have like four issues, no, three issues left in the main event. I believe it only goes to seven, right? Yeah, so we got. Five, six, seven. Um, I do like the artwork with how it's drawn. It, the villain, the, I mean, the um, the Chronicle does remind me of like a cosmic ghost writer from uh, Marvel. A little bit, yeah. I can see where you're coming from. Mm -hmm. I kind of dug his design though. That straight up the neck fire stuff, and then like the bio organic techn technological suit that he's got going on. I thought that was a pretty neat. Um, almost late 90s sci-fi vibe that was carrying on there, but I dug it. I, I thought the, the design looked pretty cool. Very mystical sci-fi. Yeah. Flamey boy. Very good. Mm -hmm. I'm glad this wasn't like a fully recap from everything we got from Metal, from the Justice League, and then from what we got from Death Metal so far, because most of the tie-ins have been like, just recap. This doesn't, yeah, we get a little bit of recap, but it's not as much as we have been getting in the past tie-ins. Uh, and I'm with you there. Um, I I will even go so far as to say that this is this is the first one that I think that they have really done right as far as tie-in issues go. We had Death, Death Metal Trinity, which was essentially Death Metal 3.5. However. There were some issues as far as recaps and, and, and unnecessary dialogue and storytelling 
that had nothing to do with the story that was tied into that one. And I feel like we missed out on all of the crap that, that they've been piling into these books and we just got a really meaty story here. Yeah. Where I, are I, you at Reed? I, I really, I'm with you on your take at this, um, this first part here is like very metaphorical. And that's what I, the kind of the vibe I was getting the whole time is kind of being, it was, is it being self-referential to comics in general, or is it specifically like DC about like this specific multiverse or it, it seemed like they're kind of prepping us for some, some very large shakeups, which I think is cool. And I think it was um, pretty interesting how it was doled out. I, I was a little bit nervous at the beginning um, when you see um, Darkest Night in Perpetuity uh, fighting in the background, I was like, okay, is this going to be the whole issue? But with the Chronicler, having that just in the background of all the stops Chronicle is making, I think it was uh, really effective um, and a, a cool way to reflect on where the universe is at the moment. I, I really enjoyed the issue. Uh, I'll get into recapping the rest of the, uh, my, my, my full feelings of the whole book as I get done with it. But um, we'll go on to the second story, The Weight of Leadership. This is, again, a backstory, so it's far fewer pages. Um, it offers up what could very well, though, be a tide-turning event in the few pages that it offered us. We get to see the Green Lanterns of Earth trying to get back to Earth. Everyone is there. Guy Gardner, John Stewart, Kyle Rayner, Jessica Cruz, Hal Jordan, and Simon Baz. We get John taking on the leadership role as the Lanterns work together to get the cruiser full of multiverse refugees back to Earth. When they arrive, the planet has taken over has been taken over by the darkest night. John makes an administrative decision and tells the passengers that they are about to become Green Lanterns. And that's a really interesting group of characters because that group of characters includes President Superman, Batman Dracula, Uncle Sam, Etrigan the Demon, Captain Carrot, Hot Girl, and... um. Quite a few more. Who else is in there? I was definitely very excited to see Etrigan. He's he's definitely one of my favorites. <laughs> Rhyming yeah. demon. Etrigan is one of my favorites as well, and I'm I can't even imagine what it would look like to have him be a Green Lantern. Um, we've got an alternate universe Flash. Um, looks what looks like Jesse Quick. I think that's Iris um, West. From like that we had, because she was okay. in um the other books, the um the three point five one. All right, we've got um we've got DC Bombshells Batgirl. Uh, who's that squatting down in front of Bombshell Batgirl though? In the yellow suit with the black hood. I can't figure that part out. I want to say all the way over on the right hand side. That that might be some version of Silk Spectre from the Watchmen universe. Mm. I can't figure out. I the the guy with the big giant plates on his head. I know I I've seen him before. Is that Savage Dragon? Like he's Lucas a classic character. Good mine. Uh, close, um, but Savage Dragon. I think he has like fins. He I mean, he looks similar to him though. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. For sure. I, it I looks can't... like it's a send up kind of thing. 
I can't figure out who the big redhead guy is. And all the way over on the left, I also can't. It looks like it could be Red Hood, but that wouldn't make any sense. Mm-mm. Um, and then we've got a uh, what looks to be a robot Batman all the way in the back. Mm-hmm. I did. I did peep him out. So the only one that I'm really super confused about is this. I almost want to say hybrid Batman Spider-Man looking guy. That was the, my that, instinct as well. That it's it's um he's got I'm, a real Spidey of, vibe. It it does for some reason and I can't figure out or who that might be. Um there's somebody out there that knows every single one of those characters, man. Right. Oh, we forgot we got tweet we got but you know, t- tweet at us at at, at not a robot show. Um, and then we've got um, the garbage pale kid, uh, zombie sick Bizarro Superman in there too. I forgot about him. <laughs> but uh, so that's that's a really interesting cast of characters to be handing out Green Lantern rings to. And I can only imagine what this fight is about to look like. So overall, this issue leaves me going, well, now what? <laughs> the whole the whole thing is obviously pretty meta. The last end of it, of course, gives us a way to win the battle or at least turn the tides a little bit. Um, from start to finish, man, this issue works for me and it made a great story. I was really into it. The art is beautiful throughout the entire issue. Um, also, again, I don't usually mention covers that much, but I have been doing that a lot on this episode and variants I never talk about but if you get the opportunity to check out the variant cover for this issue by boss logic do so because it is the coolest looking version of the darkest night yet um if you can't seem to find that on the inter- on on the internet anywhere it's the i i usually use the regular covers for the reviews but if you visit our website not and you click on the dark knight's death metal rise of the new god number one review you'll be able to see that boss logic cover right there. It's gorgeous, man. I like it. Um, so that's where I'm at on it. Where did you guys land as far as this issue, our mid event is concerned? I enjoyed the first half of like, the first story. Of it. Um, the art was great. The story was great. I enjoyed like what was seen, um, the showdown. Of the second story, the art was great for the tone that we got. But the story, it didn't really do much for me at all, which unfortunately I would probably have to give this a seven out of ten. All right, Reed, where were you on at on this one? Uh, I I really enjoyed how, like how uh, far scaling the the first half was. I think there were some some pretty solid jokes in there as well. Uh, I'm big into cosmic stuff, space stuff like that, so. Um, I enjoyed that in the meta context about comics itself. And uh, the second half kind of got me excited to see where that's going to go. So uh, I think I'm going to put this one at uh, about eight and a half. I was was pleasantly surprised. Uh, I didn't think I was going to enjoy this book as much as I did, but uh, it had me from page one. I am in the exact same position as you. Um, (laughs) Anthony will back me up on this one. I almost always go into these tie-in issues for death metal with an attitude solely because we were told we weren't going to get a whole bunch of tie-ins. And, um, man, I'm I'm telling you, this one just sung to me from, from the first panel to the last, uh, the cosmic art, the group art, um, throughout the entire, throughout the entire thing. And the first issue is amazing. These, this, this, the art in the second one, 
Um, as far as art goes um, and, and high quality goes, when you get Green Lanterns, for whatever reason this is, when you get Green Lanterns, you're not going to get that super, the, that super detailed or the realistic looking art. You just aren't. Unless Liam Sharp is drawing it, you're just, it's not going to happen. Um, and uh, you can see some of his artwork over on the uh, Green Lantern se uh, Season 2 book that he is doing with Grant Morrison. We don't cover that one, but uh, it's 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 the, the artwork that's over there is just absolutely crazy. Everybody else that does Green Lantern work tends to do a little bit less detailed, more cartoony animation style influenced artwork. And that, that fits just fine here. I don't have a problem with it. Um, the only thing that I probably would have done was remove Guy Gardner. <laughs> <laughs> wow! <laughs> but um other than that i i like to start to finish man and it's it's easily the best tie-in book yet i give this mm -hmm. an 8.5 out of 10 well guys i think that is the last issue and that means that it is now our time to pick the top three books of the week and your favorite favorite panel slash moment of the week um i don't know if i prepared read for that so i'm going to give him a little bit of a uh, a second to 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 chip in there and then yeah. let you're good okay oh, um yeah, you want to go ahead wow. you want to go ahead and go first then read let's, let's have you yeah, go first sure. let's let me let me pull up the whole list here so i can have a have a, that but um just yeah, me, I, I, I got the same thing i want to look at the whole list now okay so i'll start with uh my number three because um and then i'll work my way up um overall i think that the art out of this week um there's a ton of books that really impressed me with um, the the artwork, the covers, and just the general art um, was pretty impressive. Um, but the I think um, I'll have to say that I, I'll number three. I'm gonna go with Batgirl fifty, um, just because that second that second part. I know it wasn't satisfying for but for me just coming at it. Um, I thought that second, the art in that second was so compelling uh, that I really liked that. Um, right. Number two, uh, I think I'll have to go with um, uh, Suicide Squad, um, just because uh, it it was it ramped up really well. Um, had a lot of cool stuff going on. Um, it was moving pretty good, and I think my number one, I'm a sucker for it, but Justice League Dark. Um, I hadn't thought yeah. about this book in forever, and I opened I opened it up page one, and I got extremely excited all over again. I'm going to head back and check all of that stuff out. Um, as far as my favorite panel, I knew that one right away. The second page of Justice League Dark, the very top, uh, is a close-up of um, Constantine's face. He's got this crazy look in his eyes and blood dripping down him, and it's just like it, it sent a chill down my spine just seeing it. I'm like, yeah, Constantine's back, baby. I love it. <laughs> all right all right excellent choices my man excellent choices anthony how about you give us yours number three it's very hard pick between these two because i'm flipping i'm man picking the third spot is difficult but i got my first two easy this one going with detective comics I was choosing between that or Flash, but I think these comics beats it by a hair. 
followed by a by JLD. And my book of the week is Suicide Squad. Now, the panel or the scene of the week, again, with like 12 books, that is a tough one because some of them were complete crap. Others were amazing. So how to pick a pick the best, the best, I cannot. Unfortunately, I got to do a tiebreaker between two. Number one, I got the cliffhanger scene from JLD. You see the fusion of Santana and the Upside Down Man, because that thing was spooky as can be, and it brought the JLD name to the dock as it can be. Well done. Follow-up will be in Red Hood, actually. Just a moment uh, with Pup-Pup and Doodle Dance were just cute, nice, and I want a six-issue, many of them hanging out. <laughs> that would be cool. Um, I'm going to give honorable mention to the, to the moment between Duella Dent and Pup Pup, because that was pretty cool. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to say that coming in, that my top three picks of the week are going to be coming uh, in, in number three in, in third place is going to be Justice League Dark 27. Um, that's in third place only because of the other two books that were present. Um, Justice League Dark is really taking off for me. I'm loving it. I can't I can't wait to read the next issue and I feel like that every single issue. Um in second place is going to be Dark Knight's Death Metal Rise of the New Gods. It was it caught me off guard. I didn't see it coming and it just it surprised the hell out of me that a tie-in issue would have me raving about it that much. So I think that earned it a solid second place. And of course, with a score of 10 out of 10, I'm going to have to give Suicide Squad 10 my number one position in, as my book of the week. My favorite panel slash moment also comes from Suicide Squad. And um, as I was looking through it, as I was reading the book, I, I my eyes my eyes came to this panel and I went, Oh, God damn it. And I, I just, I mean, I, I, I did get misty eyed or anything, but I could just feel the feelings that were there when I watched Harley reach into that pouch on the tool bag, pull out Deadshot's mask and put it on. And that it was that moment that just, I mean, that sent it, uh, that, that was what sealed it for me. Deadshot's gone. Um, it, Harley Quinn is probably his best friend in the entire in the entire world, oh, and yeah. and um, you know she feels roughly the same as him. If it wasn't for Poison Ivy, they would probably battle around. And watching her put that mask on and go out and kick the hell out of everybody, it just it got me right in the feels, man. And um, that 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 was easily my favorite panel. There were a lot of great moments this week. There was a lot of amazing art, but. Uh, there was just something about that, man, that just got me right in the gut. So that's where I'm going to wrap that up at. And unless there's anything further from you, I am going to say that that is the show. As always, thank you, everyone, for listening. And remember, you can feel free to reach out and contact us at any time. We love talking about this stuff. Uh, our email is notarobotpodcasts at gmail.com. You can visit campsite.bio forward slash not a robot to find us on your favorite podcast platform and patreon.com forward slash not a robot podcast for early and additional content. We got new episodes of all kinds going up all the time. So uh, until next time.
Be good to each other. And don't be a robot. Domo Arigato, Mr. Robot Phone. Domo, Domo, Domo Arigato, Mr. Robot Phone. Domo, Domo, Domo Arigato, Mr. Robot Phone.